Thunder rolled again for distant lightning. Oh, yeah, that's that's the end of a book that we finished. That is right. All right. <clears throat> Welcome back to the Nerdy Wordy Book Club. I am dead inside now. Yeah. Yeah. Honestly, the like, the funniest part of my week was, like, listening to you finish the book yesterday. Just, like, yelling downstairs at me. Like, wait, is that where we just leave off? I was like, yeah. 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 Love that What's up, Internet? My name's Nerdy. And I'm Claire Rose. And this is the Nerdy, the Wordy, the Book Club, mm -hmm. a show that brought me so much joy for a year. And then has been absolutely devastating to my mental health for the past four weeks. <laughs> Nicholas Reed, thank Nicholas. you so much for the super chat. Thank you so much. Holy shit. Uh, I missed the last two live shows because I was at Disney World. What? Let's go for two for two live shows. Damn. That's awesome. Uh, That's I did, however, up. listen to the first one in Canada Pavilion. That's so funny. You can buy coffee crisp there. Uh, <laughs> so it was like, I was right there with you. I love that. Thank you so much. We really appreciate it. I got some weird looks sitting there for three hours, but it was totally worth it. I mean, first of all, listen to a podcast sped up. But second of all, uh, <laughs> I, if you're in Disney World for 10 days, like you have three hours to sit. Yeah. And do nothing. If, if you're there that long, you're, you're, you're good. You can do whatever the hell you want. <laughs> Brian Eady, thank you for that super thank chat. Thank you for the super chat. Nerdy, love you, but just wanted to say you better not drop any F-bombs today. It's not okay anymore. Yeah, after a full year. <laughs> a year into this podcast, yeah. you better stop. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, my God. No, Blue! No swears. Blue, thank you for 10 gifted. Oh, my God. Y'all are foolish. Wow, thank you for helping us get through this book. Y'all are <laughs> foolish. Me, Monk, thank you. Congrats, you finished this terrible book. Thank you, me monk, for the super chat. Oh my god! Wow, blue. Thank you for ten gifted memberships. Yeah, yeah, I did. I got a gifted membership. I don't. I I should probably turn that off. You probably should. Uh, be like, no, don't gift me. Like, cause you can do that. I think. Um. <clears throat> yeah, we are here today to discuss the end of Crossroads of Twilight here today. Dearly beloved, we gather here to say our goodbyes. To um, this motherfucker right here. Dirt Burb <laughs> dropping the five memberships. Yo, thank you so much. Oh my god. I thought wow, I, wow, I you didn't. You guys are crazy. Yeah. I thought no one was gonna show up this week. <laughs> I I feel like these are I was about to say, guys, I really want a cookie for like making it through this book, but like this is better, so, so thank you for your support. I it means a lot. <laughs> Uh, the best words of Crossroads to Twilight is the end. Not the ending, the end. Thank the you for end. joining the Nards Wheel of Time. Yeah, Wheel of Time, welcome back to the Nerd Table. Uh, um, yeah, this is the end of a book that um, is bad. It's it's poorly written, uh, and it's bad. Yeah. I, and I like I, I, I hate to say that, but like th this is... And, and I've seen in the Discord, I, I have it pulled up because I wanted to mention it. Someone mentioned a Robert Jordan quote. And I want to mm. talk about this really quickly before we get yeah. into this. Yeah, starting off Because strong. I don't think Robert Jordan understands why this book is bad. Because this quote makes me think that he doesn't get it. He said, I like trying new things with each book too. Especially tricks with time. 
Some of those work out better than others. The notion of starting each major segment of Crossroads of Twilight on the same day seemed a terrific idea, but by the time I realized that it would have been better to do it another way, I was too deeply into the book with not enough time to rewrite the entire book. Robert, the problem with the book isn't that all the stories start on the same day. No, like that's actually kind of cool. The problem is that you started them all on the same day and made the decision as the author that nothing really happened anywhere on that day. People just kind of are going about their lives. like. Starting it all, if you're going to start the story on the same day, have that day be important in all of the storylines instead of being like, I'm going to write 10 chapters and in three of them, they're going to bathe and then there's going to be a chapter where they put clothes on, then they're going to go to a meeting and then they're going to go to another meeting and then that's fucking it. Yeah. Yeah. It's it's one of those things where, yeah, reading that quote, I'm like, honestly, the idea of starting everybody off mm-hmm. on that same day, I think is actually very interesting. You just, yes. you make that day interesting. <laughs> yes. But, cause like that would, you know, it'd be like Nick Fury's very bad, no good week or whatever it is. Like, you know, like. Nick Fury's very bad, no good week? Isn't there like a week where like half the Marvel movies happen and. Oh, right, right. Cause um, uh, Incredible Hulk, Thor, and Iron Man 2 all happen in the same week, canonically. Yeah, yeah, yeah. something like that. Like, you know, like, if if that day that the taint was cleansed, mm-hmm. if that was, like, a, a big day for all of our characters, but the problem is that it's not. And even yeah. if it wasn't that specific day, you know, you skip ahead a little bit and you get to the good stuff faster, because, yeah, the problem is that nothing happens. The, not, it's not the problem that it started off on the same day. I actually think that that is a cool idea. Uh, Althor's Taint says sometimes life is just lame, maybe. That's fine. Life can be lame, but you don't have to write 662 pages of it. For me personally, this like book when I- is three Harry Potters. This book is like five novellas, and it has less story than a fucking like outline of a story written on a fucking napkin. Well, okay, this is six hundred and sixty-two pages of fucking nothing until the very end, when Egwene, one of our main characters, decides to be the dumbest fucking human being in the entirety of Randland and does something so ungodly stupid and so pointless that I almost <laughs> threw my iPad, which is expensive and I can't afford to replace out the goddamn window. This is bad. <laughs> yeah, I look, I understand that there are certain that some people like uh, how, do, how do I phrase this? Okay, when I read a book, when I read a story, there is a reason that I only read fantasy because I do not give a shit mm-hmm. about people going about their normal days because I go about my normal day. I don't need to read about other people going about their normal days. I like my content, my entertainment to be entertaining and exciting. And look, some people, some people, it doesn't have to be that way. Some people are like, no, I just like to read about them as like human beings. And like, that's also like cool. But for me, I was like, uh, for me, I like slightly, I slightly like gave up. And I think yeah. that that's, I think that that's where it gets bad. emotionally broken yesterday by this book. Yeah. Um, uh, 56. 56. Thank you for $10 for the new iPad fund. Appreciate hey, the super chat. Thank you. Thank you for that super chat. Uh, see uh, Sarmi <laughs> says, how is it stupid or pointless? I don't want to skip to the end, but I promise you, we will get we'll into get how Egwene is the dumbest motherfucker 
because her big plan was to go do the secret thing in the middle of the night. But the secret thing involves her lighting herself up like a goddamn firework in the middle of the darkness because people who can channel can see you as a bright light when you're fucking channeling, you dumb motherfucker. Because baby, you're a fire. Not you, Cesarmi. Egwene. I'm not calling Cesarmi a dumb motherfucker. I'm saying Egwene is a dumb motherfucker for thinking she can be in the middle of a lake in the middle of the night and just light up with the one power and think that the white tower, the tall fucking building in front of her that goes up to the goddamn sky, that none of the people in there who all can see her when she lights up in the darkness in the middle of the night aren't going to be like, hey, maybe we should go stop that person who is channeling in the fucking lake. Maybe... They'll have fucking Aes Sedai on the walls because we know they're sitting there waiting to siege us. Maybe we'll fucking put Aes Sedai on the walls to stop them from using the one power on our god. And then Egwene's like, oh, no, no, no one else in the boat. Just me by myself. It's a perfect plan. And then she immediately gets captured because she's so fucking stupid. <laughs> like, yeah. I just, the, 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 on, it makes no sense. Yeah. Uh, Arizu, uh, thank you for that super chat. Um, yes, yes. There's gonna be a lot of that today. Um, so be, be warned, be warned. Uh, Ian Flynn as well, thank you for that super chat. Yeah, it's called Slice of Life. It's like that no, anime episode not. where nothing happens. No, it's not. I'm sorry, it, that's not what Slice of Life is. Slice of, Slice of Life is a genre. Slice of Life is a, a storytelling world, right? Yeah, like, that's you make what I'm a, saying. You, I don't find that interesting. I, but, but, but I don't think that's true, though, right? Because I think that if you were to watch something that is written as a slice of life story, uh-huh. like like uh, like sitcoms are very slice of life. Like Boring. I would say, how I met your father, how I met your mother, is a slice of life. Boring, good show, but like it, it's good to have on in the background. I, I don't think that's right. I think that there are slice of life things that are good to watch, right? Like we watched the Benches of Inisher, and I know it was your favorite thing, but <clears throat> no, I'm, but I'm telling you, like <clears throat> I pick up books because they're magical and exciting, I would never make it through a slice of life book. That's ever. fair. Ever, like fair. ever in my the life. The problem is when book 11 in a series that isn't a slice of life randomly becomes a slice of life and and doesn't have a reason to do that. Yeah. Like, the, like Crossroads of Twilight never like justifies the decision that it makes in its storytelling. Yeah. Uh, Fabu Moose. Fabu. Oh, wow, a rare mod super chat. <laughs> Thank you, Fabu. Nerdy popping off with the no-no words. It's only like the first... Look, guys, the first 15 seconds of the video happens in the starting soon screen, so we're never going to get caught for that. That's true, that's true, that's yeah. true. Yeah. David yeah. McCary says, hey, Egwene hadn't been captured for quite a while. You know what? You're right. It, we were overdue, okay? Oh we, we were overdue. The thing, <laughs> the thing that bothers me about it the most uh-huh. is that we know what happens next to her. Which is like, wait, what do you mean? Weirdly fun, but also like weirdly like. What do you mean? <clears throat> well, she's gonna wake up, yeah. surrounded by thirteen people talking about taking control of her, uh-huh. and then she's gonna be she's gonna realize she's the ambulance seat and run around the white tower because there's like the trial going on in the next building. The trial. We've watched this scene play out. Oh, okay. This no no That's... this literal scene. She, she's in the White Tower. She wakes up in the White Tower. She's confused because she's the Emerald Sea. She's like, how am I the Emerald Sea? She's looking around. She's got all these women around her. And then she finds out. She's like looking out the window and there's the trial happening in the building next door for the Emerald Sea. And Aleda is the Emerald. The, the, the like other person Emerald. Oh, like yeah. this literally, she, her, like she is such a fucking prophetic character that we already know what happens next. I didn't Which, even. That's kind of cool. But like. I, I didn't even think about that, to be honest. I, I was like, oh no, the. The triangle like test things are kind of more like 
uh, are less like on the nose, but maybe it is exactly right on the nose. Uh, Troy, how, thank you for that super chat. <laughs> thank you for the super Corner chat. Corner Gas was the best slice of, slice of life show. That's a Canadian right there. I've, I've never seen it, but I'll take your word for it. Corner Gas is great. <clears throat> um. Yeah. Yeah, I just, yeah. I just, I, I just need things. I literally was reading this, and I just, I just read it to get through it, and like, I'm like, <laughs> I wasn't even mad. I was just disappointed, and I, <laughs> like yesterday, I was like, like nobody's like ranting about the book, and I was like, yeah, yeah, yeah you're fucking right. It sucks. <laughs> like I was like, I don't, yeah, I don't even know, <clears throat> don't even know how to cry about it. <sighs> Shall we get into the chapters in order? We don't really have any housekeeping this week, so. Um, I guess. Um, y'all, uh, before we get into the chapters, I do want to say we are going to have a full book recap next week. So start dropping. Uh, I, uh, Monkey, if you're here, or Fabu, can you open up the questions channel? And we will start taking your questions. They do not have to be about Crossroads of Twilight. They can be about anything previously in the Wheel of Time. If you guys want to do just like three hours of Bed Bond Balefire, we're down. Yeah. Um, yeah, next week is going to be way more chill, hanging out, and just yeah. maybe talking about this book a little bit. Uh, so the problem is we can't start New Spring next week because we are going on a ski trip uh, with some other um, friends mm -hmm. uh, and content creator people. Uh, and so we are going to... Um, we don't really have time to read this week, but we still want to do book club next week. So just like drop your questions. Think of it as an AMA on Ask me anything. Fantasy yeah. and the Wheel of Time yes. in the Discord next week. Uh, and then we'll start New Spring the week after that. Then the week after that, we have a one-week break because we're at Katsukon. Yeah. Uh, and then the week after that, we'll finish New Spring. Then the week after that, we'll start Knife of Dreams. Yes. So. Yes, exactly. Yeah. Um. Yeah, we'll, we'll post that as well uh, just because, you, you know... If you're a visual person like me, uh, that'd be very helpful. Uh, yeah. Arizu, thank you again for another super chat. <laughs> in my dreams, there's a version of Wheel of Time where the chapters of this book are properly divided between books 9 and 11 in a way that improves them both. Yes. Look, uh, yeah, I can understand how you could take certain character development points in this book and, and easily insert them elsewhere without giving them their entire their own entire book because there are a few interesting th things that happen right yeah, yeah you know Perrin and Matt both have some like tough decisions to make they they like they you know they're they're growing up and it's and it's hard it's hard to be the person who has to make like tough choices yeah um like you know like those like moments definitely very important to those characters um and you know the Elaine stuff I think some of the setup is necessary, uh, if not all of those words. Look, I'm not saying that it, the setup isn't necessary. What yeah, I'm yeah. saying is, and this goes back to what I believe about Robert Jordan at this point and mm -hmm. his writing. I think that Robert Jordan is perhaps <clears throat> one of the greatest world builders ever. Yes. I think that in the terms of execution of writing and storytelling, Robert Jordan is not very strong. Yeah, I and I think that, that I think that the the struggle of the Wheel of Time is that Robert Jordan is not the best writer, mm -hmm. but he is an incredibly creative world builder. Yes, absolutely. And so I think that because the world is so cool, people forgive or straight up just skim over his actual writing mm -hmm. because the in a lot of ways his writing is not the best. 
right? Yeah. Like, and particularly in the way that he writes women, in the way that he repeats himself, in in the way that his his narratives get lost, and, and there he he really struggles to keep the momentum of all of the storylines equal. And so there are characters who have these incredibly climactic moments that then cut to chapters of absolute boredom. Yeah. Like he doesn't do my a good eyes, job. My eyes glaze over sometimes where I'm like, yeah, we've been here before, and I'll skip to something that I see like that that is, is new information or is interesting and i think that he like if if he had shortened this series down and i didn't have as much time to really like spend with his prose mm-hmm. i think that i would be more impressed with it yeah it is the kind of prose that at first you're like wow he uses a lot of words that after 10 books i'm like oh he uses a lot of words to not say very much and yeah. to not have much of an opinion on anything he just uses the words a lot mm-hmm. and I, I I love the Wheel of Time, guys. Like, I, I still do. <clears throat> but I, I think that Robert, I think that Robert Jordan is very good at a couple of things. And he created a fantasy world that is just incredible to be, to be within. Yeah. But absolutely. then his execution of telling a story within that world is significantly hampered, partially by, I don't think his editor did him very many favors. Um, yeah. But... Uh, Graham Fletcher says nerdy his writing in the first six books is some of the strongest in all of fiction. I don't agree with that. Um, I, I don't I don't agree that his writing is the strength. The world building is the strength, right? The the idea, the the, the nugget of the idea is the strength. The writing itself is oftentimes sexist, lazy. It it is the the tone from the chapter to chapter it, bounces around wildly like fires now, of heaven is a is a mess when you're in the nine evil lane stuff and is great in the rand stuff now to push back on that you have said in those books there are some of your favorite moments in all of fiction oh uh, oh a hundred percent like i agree with you i don't think like overall overall i think that there are some issues i also have not read a lot of different authors so for me i would put him like up with like i i would put him at the top for, the, for those books, um, but that's sure. because my sample size is probably a lot smaller than yours, but I am just saying that, like, you're, mm-hmm. you did say that there were moments in those books that are the greatest in fiction of all time. Oh, yeah, no, no, the, in fantasy, not yeah, fiction. fiction. Yeah, isn't that what they said? Fiction. Like, I, I, I think that, um... Wait, wait sorry, I'm, I lost the comment. Uh, Robert Jordan is a very talented author. Yeah. Who wrote, who, who's, whose strength as an author is world building and in like making you want to be in his world, right? Yeah. That the execution of the storytelling within that world is not always great. Yeah. He leaves things dangling for way too long. The, the, the like, there, there are large sections of this story that I don't understand the purpose of. They don't have thematic weight. They don't affect the characters anyway. Um, like the... There, there, are, there are other authors who are really bad at world building, mm-hmm. but are so good at like writing a paragraph where a character goes through a journey in five sentences yeah. that like is real. Like when you pull quotes out of the Wheel of Time, they're all kind of like vague. Like the best quotes of the Wheel of Time are like "evil is bad," <laughs> right? <laughs> Yeah, because yeah, yeah. that's not what Robert Jordan's strong suit is. Yeah, yeah. The problem with what Robert Jordan's failings are as an author, and mm-hmm. and that's not saying that he's a bad author. I'm saying like, it, it's like um, we all have our strengths and our yeah. weaknesses, right? There and, are some basketball players who aren't great shooters, but they are the greatest assist men of all time. Right. And that doesn't mean they're bad NBA players because they didn't score a lot of points. If they won 
three championships because they're the greatest assist player of all time. Right. Like, people have different strengths. Mm -hmm. Robert Jordan's particular strength is not um, outlining his stories so that climaxes happen in a fun and, like, built-up way. Yeah. Things kind of happen randomly in his books. It doesn't feel like a climax in a Rand storyline coincides with a climax in a Nynaeve storyline so that both of those storylines can resolve in the same way at the end of the book. Yeah. He just kind of throws a climax right at the end of the book and then just ends the book. Yeah. With, and you're like, okay, okay I guess I guess that's where this randomly stops. Mm-hmm. And like, so when I say like his storytelling, that it's just not his strong suit, right? Yeah. And I think that arguing that it is, is a tough argument to make because he... He got so lost in the middle of this series mm-hmm. without even pointing towards what the end of it is. Like, I have no idea what the last battle is. The last battle could happen 30 years from now or it could happen tomorrow because it is 11 books in, still so unclear what the point of anything is. Yeah, and <clears throat> that's what we've been saying, I think, for a couple of books now, right? When you're at the beginning in, like, book, like, three, book, like, four, when you know you're in, like, a 14-book series, it's like, okay, mm-hmm. we don't have a clear vision of what the end is. is even if it's not clear, we don't really have an idea of what the end is supposed to be. And and when when, when we finish book 10, I feel like there's a couple books left. We should at least have that 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 picture of what the end should be should at least be a little bit sharper. A, a little bit. Not clear, not crystal clear, not like I understand what's going to happen, but just like enough to to feel like we're being taken along the journey, whereas right now it mm-hmm. feels like we know that there's an end point, but we're kind of like fucking around in all these kind of directions. Whereas like yeah. that's that's the end over there and I know it is because I've been told it is, but it I'm being distracted. Um and, and I I would yeah, I would love some more clarity on what the heck Tarman Gaiden means. <laughs> yes. Right? Or, or, like, where are the villains of this series? What do you mean? Like, they've been gone for books. Which ones? Where's Mo- When was the last time Moradin did something? Uh, I guess the end of last book that we know of. What? No, he did not show up for that. No, no, he sent everybody. Sh- sure, the Forsaken <laughs> showed up and lost. Yeah. No, but like seriously, like like yeah. that's the last thing that the big bad forsaken. And like this is the problem. This has been I've been and look, as much as I say like there he wrote I think uh, uh Lord of Chaos, no, Shadow Rising is like one of my favorite fantasy novels. Yes, absolutely. The this series since the beginning, I've been going like I don't think Robert Jordan understands how powerful anybody is in his world. Well, because yes. the remember when the Merdral <laughs> were so scary? And now like when was the last time a Merdral successfully killed somebody? Right? Drag car. These scary things. And have never been successful. We've never seen them actually. I think they killed one they random Aeol person. Yeah, yeah. Like, a drag car has killed one random Aeol person. Trollocs? They almost Trollocs are Marine. a fucking joke at this point. They almost I Marine. could walk into Randland and kill 55 Trollocs without even trying at this point. The, the power the, creep is definitely a problem. But, but the power creep is that our heroes have power creeped above the Forsaken. Like, our, we have yeah. literally power creeped beyond the big bad. And so Moradin, I guess, has to be the big bad now. But he is never around. We know nothing about him. And so I, I don't... Who the fuck knows what Moradin wants? We're in book 11, and I don't have a villain that I actually give a shit about. Yeah. Yeah, it's one of those things where I think that... Um, I think that Robert Jordan's writing is for some people. It's like, I never finished reading the Game of Thrones books mm-hmm. because George R.R. R. Martin... I find incredibly frustrating to read because the bouncing around is 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 too much for me. When I jump into a book, I want mm-hmm. to like hyper focus on it. And and for me, mm-hmm. I consider that like 
I don't like it. I, I don't think that it's a maybe the best choice, but there are a lot of people who love George R. R. Martin. He's like mm-hmm. their favorite writer. They love the the different perspectives and whatever. And so I think that like there's things that that we like personally that I don't love Robert Jordan, such as the repetition, unnecessary descriptions, this turning into like a slice of life, even like a little bit. Like the, there are those things that I don't like. Mm-hmm. And then and then there are some things that like I feel like a lot of people agree are uh, weaker, weaker. Like I'm, I'm saying, he's maybe the greatest world builder. Like I'm not saying that no, he's a yeah. bad author. I'm saying that his strength in world building it doesn't carry over. Doesn't carry. Right? Do, do, he is so strong in world building. Yeah. But that is not enough to sustain the length of this series. Yeah. And yeah, that yeah. is the problem. I'm saying that if you took all of Robert Jordan's like incredible, powerful writing of world building, which I think he does a really good job of. Mm-hmm. I, and this is my point. I'm not saying he's a bad author, guys. I'm saying that he is, he is an S tier world building author. Mm-hmm. He is like a C tier storyteller, and. The the problem is that when you go this long, world building gets less interesting over the course of novels and storytelling gets more interesting. The, the, when, mm-hmm. when you are creating a fantasy series, the longer it goes, the more important individual characters and storytelling become and less interesting world building becomes. Because we have because the Because you know world. what the world. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And the problem and that's is fair. Robert Jordan writing about like touching the stat of the stoles and all of the I said I stuff. Oh my God. I literally was like, I am going to go through these books and count how many times a fucking I said I fiddles with their fucking yeah. shawls. Oh it. It is so interesting in book two yes. because we're learning about the world. Yes. In book 11, it comes across as fucking brain dead to keep telling us everybody because we fucking it. know. Yeah. Right? And this is what I'm saying. Robert Jordan's strength in world building is still in this book. Yeah, the yeah, problem yeah. is I know the world. Yeah. And so he's just explaining things to me that I already know and not doing the other thing of storytelling. <laughs> The storytelling just isn't there yeah. at all. Yeah. And so, yes, he is one of the world's best world builders. Yeah. He is not, he's not a great storyteller. And no. the length of this series shows the what is lacking from his writing more than it amplifies the strength of his writing because yeah. world building authors need to keep it short. Yeah, 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 because because the storytelling becomes more important. Michael Kioski, thank you for super chat. Thank you so much. RJ plotting is like packing up your house. You start off with a good plan, but at some point you just shovel things into boxes to clear the space. A hundred percent. No, no, and I, I, yeah. no, but I agree with that so much. Yeah. In that, like you, I, I, I think that Robert Jordan had the world in his head, mm-hmm. and he started to put that down on paper, and I fell in love with it because his world is so cool. Yes. And then he started to try and write characters into that world, and it doesn't work as well. Yeah. They are, they're tropey. All of the women kind of feel the same except men. They're just like, they're, it, it, the women live on one knob of like how aggressive they are. And there's <laughs> not a lot of variety in their personalities other than that. Yeah. Or, yeah. or, or more recently, like how broken they are because of like, I, I don't know. <clears throat> Yeah, no, that's something that we've definitely talked about a few times, but... And Robert Jordan writes people who don't exist in real life. 
Like, Shariam crying at the idea of a thing being mentioned in the hall is just such a, like, not real... Like, it's like an anime moment where you're like, wow, that is so exaggerated that it's it doesn't seem realistic. Well, and it's there are things in, like that that are over-exaggerated where other things aren't, and so it yeah. just feels a little bit out of place. Like, I think yeah. that, like, having uh, Shariam not be okay in that moment makes sense, but it, it does, mm. like, there are certain things that do feel over over-exaggerated. Yeah. Uh, Jordan's gender ideology is close to men are from Mars, women are from Venus. Yes, Eldar Haman. That yeah, is true. it really does feel like that. Like there, there's not a man and a woman in this series who see eye to eye and like work together on the same level. Mm-hmm. Like, like not not a single one. And. Maybe I'm just like, wow, I guess I'm really lucky that I have great relationships in my life where, like, you know, it's like a balanced thing. But, God, everybody just seems to hate one another. Embrace has a really good point here. Um, He's not the best at pacing, and I also think that his love of surprises often works to his disadvantage. A thousand percent. And I want to get into it. Mm -hmm. Let's get into the chapter, so I want to talk about this. Yeah. yeah. I want to, in each of the POVs in this book, Mm -hmm. I want to talk about how our, our main characters don't do anything. And how things happen, yeah. but our characters aren't the ones doing them. Yes. And I think that that's going to be the theme of the podcast today, mm-hmm. um, because uh, things do things things are happening, it's just that our characters aren't the ones doing them, and that is weird. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> we're 30 minutes in, and we're about to start the chapter. I feel like we're, I feel like this is a normal morning show. Yeah. Or a book club. Uh, Here's the thing. I, I think we're going to, I think we'll be just fine. <laughs> yeah. Uh, chapter 23, Ornaments. Um, Cad Swain walks down a hallway. Yes, correct. Chapter 24. <laughs> what? Uh, the chapter, chapter 23 is literally, Cad Swain, Rand wants to talk to you. Cool, be there in a second. No, and it's then, like, tell him I'll be there when I get there. Uh, okay, I'm gonna go now. And then 20 pages of Cad Swain walking down a fucking hallway. Yeah. That's that's it. That's the chapter. Yep. Nynaeve is fine. Rand is fine. There's no fallout from the last thing. Nobody knows if they believe um, like, that the, the the taint is cured. That's it. That's I was the like, chapter. Oh, Rand shows up this far into the book. He must like there must be a problem. No, he's fine. No, he's fine. He just needs a little bit of sleep. Rand woke up the next day and was a okay. Yeah. Also, Rand sends Min to be like Min is not your fucking like like letter carrier, Rand. I'm not an owl, Ron. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Uh, yeah, so Cat Swain goes down the hallway. Yeah. Oh, if you want to know what they're wearing, Malindio, you read the fucking book. I'm not <laughs> fucking getting into that shit again. Sorry, I did not take notes on um, everyone's outfit. Maybe that's what I'll do. My notes will just become what is everybody wearing in each scene because Robert Jordan's going to tell us. Um. Oh, actually, no. Cat Swain does get to the conversation with Rand. Nothing really happens. Elsa is just like really weirdly overprotective, even though she's a dark friend. Um, well, yeah, because Varen has compulsed her because yes. Varen, Varen is a bad shady? person. I don't know. And I love that Kat Swain is like, yeah, I'm just going to let Varen ramble on. I know it's all a fucking ruse. She's actually really smart. I'll deal with that later. Uh, so then chapter 24. That, that's literally <laughs> it. I literally have nothing else to say. Ember eyes, there is not enough silk in the world. For me to cosplay every character, okay. Uh, Nynaeve, uh, Nynaeve also is really horny when Land is sparring. 
Yes. That is also yes, part of this. Yes, Nynaeve, very horny <clears throat> all the time. Yeah, uh, but uh, Ken Swain doesn't see her as a real Aes Sedai because Ken Swain sucks. Uh, chapter 24, A Strengthening Storm. Rand and Min are lying in bed. They're doing shit. Don't want to talk about it. <laughs> uh, and then uh, Loyal shows up. Yeah, that's cool. Yeah. Yeah, Loyal finally arrives. There now. He's there. Um, we didn't get to have any interaction with his buddy. Yeah. That he was traveling with. We don't know how successful they were, really. They're mostly Uh, successful, but like... Yeah, mostly successful. Some of the gear were like uh, child and ignored him. Mm -hmm. And then they didn't go to Steading Shanghai, but he's like, don't worry, the word will get to them, hopefully in time. I was like, okay, I know you don't want to go home, but also like your mom isn't at Steading Shanghai, so I feel like... Probably would have been good to, to, to go there anyways, but... There is an Entmoot happening uh, mm-hmm. among the Ogier, so that's fun. Uh, Silk Fund, also Team Cat Swain. James Ross, uh, I really hope, I really hope, I, <laughs> I really hope Cat Swain is in the next book, but she might not be. Uh, yeah, truly. Who Thank knows you. who's in the next book? Thank you for that super chat. <laughs> um... Is there anything else that we need to talk about there? Not really. Mike, thank you for that super chat. Nothing fucking happens. Do you want to read Mike's super chat? Mike! What? Cat Stain still sucks in this economy. <laughs> thank you. You know uh, what else sucks? That joke. No, I love that that's become the podcast joke. <laughs> um, <clears throat> Samitsu. Wait, did 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 I skip over the Loghain? Uh, oh, no, no, no. Sorry. The end of chapter 23 is that people are coming. And Rand's like, what? We'll get to it. Well, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um. So the Cat Swain is sitting with Samitsu. Mm-hmm. Uh, and she's like, go back to Kyrian and spy on Seychelle. Cool. Uh, but yeah. Good basically. to know. Um, Rand. We're, we're back with Rand, guys. Also, Rand is talking with Lo- what? Luce Theron's still there. Yeah. Luce Theron's still in his head. Uh, Rand still can't uh, connect with the source. Without getting sick, which feels like it's important. Yeah, that's that's definitely a problem, right? Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> he like won't like seize the source without with, with anyone else in the room because he's like about to fall over and die. You know what? When when Robert Jordan decides that it matters for us to know what the fuck's going on, he'll tell us, and we'll talk about it then. But until then, cool. I guess I don't like. F- it just it to me it sounds like Luce Theron is not a product of the the taint and the madness. Okay. Which means which to me like I'm like, so are they actually like separate people, or is it a weird yes like yes they're they are separate people in that like Loghain or uh, Luce Theron is his like the past self or whatever. Well, yes, 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 but um, but unfortunately Luce Theron is getting stronger and like that that is definitely not a good thing. But again, I don't, I don't know what it means. I had some like cool theories about it, and, and I was like, oh yeah, the cleansing of the taint is gonna answer some of those questions. It, it didn't do that. Yeah, Baka Karn says you skipped the bonded. I said I'd been questioned about Sidon being cleansed in twenty three. Yeah, because the 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 answer they come up with is maybe can't tell. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, but actually, like that's that this whole section is like don't trust it. I I don't know. Yeah. Ken Swain is like, is it cleansed? Maybe it feels cleaner. Maybe I don't know. Can't and you're trust like, it. Cool. I. What? Cool. Yeah. I'm glad. I'm glad I waited 
530 pages to find out that it's a big old shrug. We got some sweaty and sword that fighting. nothing has changed for Rand. Hey, we got some sweaty sword fighting. I know, but like, have Rand talk to Loghain about how Sidin is cleansed. Like, like, can you imagine? This scene goes completely different. Mm -hmm. Loghain shows up mm -hmm. and he's like, what the fuck did you do? Yeah. And Rand is like, I cleanse Sidin. And Loghain breaks down crying because he can connect to the source without, like, can you imagine if there was like a character moment in this? Instead, it's Ket Swain going, hey, is Sidin cleansed? Maybe. Like, like, who gives a fuck? Give me Loghain and Rand having a conversation about it. Mm -hmm. yeah. Give me, give me Brand and Min having a, like, let me see two characters who actually care about the conversation that they're having well, and have, have that, an emotional connection to something. Yeah, yeah. Like, let us feel the stakes and the emotional connection to it by, by giving us a character who actually cares about what's going on in the moment. Yes. Because everyone's kind of like, oh, yeah, uh, uh, Probably, maybe, possibly, I don't, I don't know. So it's, well, it, it just, yeah, it just, like, it loses that, it, it's it's just lackluster. It's lackluster for sure. Yeah, because, because Robert Jordan is consistently choosing the wrong characters to be from the point of view of. Like, he, he, Robert Jordan makes really bad decisions about who to watch scenes from the perspective of. Sometimes. And it's disappointing. Sometimes. I, I would say too often. I, I, too often in these books, we are getting perspectives of people who are watching other people do things mm -hmm. and being like, oh, they're mad. That person is sad. That person's eyebrows tell me that they have to poop later. That person's hair is parted on the left today, which means that that's actually the twin. And when the twin is the parted on the hair left person, well, then that means that they're more likely to anger. And oh my gosh, I smell hotcakes. The reason that I smell hotcakes is because the cook is sleeping with Tom Marilyn. Tom Marilyn's mustache is twisting to the left today. And so if Tom Marilyn's mustache is twisting to the left, that is the signal that he saw that somebody in the royal family was mad yesterday. To be and fair, so, and I'm like, oh my to God. be fair, I pointed that out like in book one or two. I was like, how is everybody perfect at reading characters' faces? Oh no, hundred percent. Yeah, yeah. Like I was like, yeah. what is happening? And I think people were like, oh well, if you just think of everybody as kind of having slight superpowers, and I was like, okay, sure. If you say so. Ildram says RJ deliberately doesn't do that because he loves having characters who don't know what's going on be the POV. Wrong. That's that's not true. Robert what? Jordan loves to have characters be the POV, but not tell the audience what they know, which is not, the like, worst care? form of first person story. To, and not not that this is first person, but it's like light first person. Light. It is the worst version of that to have a, a Gwen be like, "I have a plan." Not going to tell the audience what it is, but they're going to be in my head as I think about the plan that they don't know what it is. That that has been increasingly frustrating. It yes. is the worst version of first person storytelling yeah. to have the point of view character be a character who has more information than the audience. Uh, Purple Aja, welcome back to the nerd table. Thank you so much. Uh, Thank you. We Purple we appreciate Aja. that. Um, uh, it might work to catch replay there. Well, we'll catch you later. Thank you. Yeah, it's yeah, it, it is one of those things that's just increasingly frustrating because you're like, this character should know what's going on. And they're deliberately like shielding their thoughts from the reader. And I'm like, uh, um, like 
Uh, th thank you, Ember. I should say an intimate third person rather than distance third person. Yes, this is the most intimate third person. Uh, Angela Bassin says, I kind of like that he described body language, made me see the situation like the character in the scene. The only problem I have with it is that the, every character in this world it's can see minute it. details. Yeah. Like their their lip curled up on the left at the same time as like a character on the other side of a throne room. The, the person in the middle is seeing like the faces of like 26 people move at the same yeah. time and knows what each individual fucking face means. I'm not going to lie. The description of body language is great. That's not mm -hmm. the problem to me. It's that the character knows exactly what it means, even if it's a person they've just met for the very first time. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. No, I agree with that 100%. Like, I'm like, oh, you, everyone <clears throat> in this world can read everybody else like a literal book. And Perrin, you know, he's got a super nose. But again, Perrin's thing is less cool because everybody else can also do it with their eyes. And Perrin's nose has become a joke. Well, yeah. Like, yeah. Par parents, everything, anything to do with parents' nose makes me laugh. Yeah. I can't take it seriously because it is the dumbest. I think it's fun. But, okay, but, the, like, when he's, like, her scent smelled sharp, like, irritation and also soft, like, frustration. And I'm like, what the fuck does that mean? Okay, well, I don't remember that sentence. There's a couple of times where he smells, like, literally two emotions at the same time from people. And he's I'm like. He's getting better at it. What the He's getting better at it I, I, yeah. in like a few weeks because it's only it. been a few weeks. 56 uh, says to echo chat, I think a large, uh, thank you for the super chat. I think a large Logan POV in the book showing the reaction of the men in the Black Tower would have done a lot of work for this book. Yes. That should have been the only thing. This, yes. That would have been That would have been so interesting. cool. 56, thank you for that super chat. Yeah, Can you imagine? I would have loved that. You have almost all of the men who can channel in one place mm -hmm. and the most significant event in any of their lives happened and we didn't we don't get start the book there. I know. It's the most interesting thing possible. Like, and they were like, you know what? We're going to talk about how Perrin is fucking shifting weevils out of the grain. For fucking three chapters. Like, yes, of course okay, the Black Tower thing fair, would have been important. That was Can, half a chapter. Cut to the fucking Forsaken. At some point, literally, they were like, oh no, Rand is going to go cure the taint. What What are the male Forsaken going to do? Because the Dark One's not going to trust them anymore. And then in the following book, you don't cut to the Forsaken freaking out about, like, how do you not do that? You literally set it up. He, Robert Jordan, put it in the last book before the event, being like, this is the problem. This is what the consequence of this action is going to be. And and he cut to Perrin fucking shifting weevils in a city of the dead where that doesn't matter. The dead people walking never fucking comes back. It's just a really cool detail. Okay, it's it doesn't fucking, come back yet. Yet. It probably will. Most likely. I'm sure it, there's a reason for it, right? Do you trust Do you trust Robert Jordan at this point as an author? Look, I think it'll, I think it'll get talked about and resolved in book 14. <laughs> For the last battle. It's going to be a thing for Tarman Gaiden. Brandon Sanderson had such a weird job to show up and try and, like, uh, turn this into something. Because mm -hmm. it's such a... This is a mess right now. <sighs> yeah. Um, yeah. Sonic Sean says, why are we so sure the next book won't jump a month back and cover those POVs until we catch up to where this book ended? Because, because that if that happens... would be really frustrating. This show will end. And I will <laughs> never read the end of The Wheel of Time. I will do book club by myself. I will protest Jordan Con like a like a Westboro Baptist person to protest every other Comic Con, and I will have a big sign outside that just says Jordan hates his readers, and I will just stand there yelling at everyone who goes into Jordan Con, being like, "Don't you see what he did? Don't you see what he took from us? Look at how they massacred my boy! My boy!" 
Look what they did to my boy! Oh, gosh. Yeah, yeah. I, I need the story to move forward. Please, 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 please. Oh, please, my God. Please, that would, be, that would be very nice. Anyways, yeah, Loghain... Rand has an Logan. interview with Loghain cool. and Bashir. Loyal is there. Um, yep. Rand is pissed about the Ashman bonding the Aes Sedai because... At least it's, someone has a good perspective on that in this world. Yeah, Rand is weirdly like the only moral person, kind of. In yeah. The series. And so he demands that the Black Tower um, stop um, pissing off the Aes Sedai, which is hilarious because Loghain can't go back to the Black Tower. So I was like, I don't know why you're telling Loghain this. Yeah, it does seem like Loghain <laughs> ran away, so I am definitely confused about that. This is a question. How the fuck did Loghain and Bashir run into each other? Not brought up. Travel? How, how did these two... How? Well, Bashir was near the Black Tower, right? Ish? Yeah, like, because he got kicked out of Camelin, so he was hanging out hmm. kind of in the same country, at least. And so what, Loghain was like, I need to go to Rand, so the way that I'm going to do that is I'm going to go pick up Bashir on the way there, a man I've never met. And who? No, no, they previously... met. He was a, he was from Saldea. Remember, they caught Logan was captured. No, he wasn't. Mazram Tame was from Saldea. Mazram Tame was from, no. Yes, Bashir caught Mazram Tame. Well, it was part of that. No, Not no, I'm pretty sure Logan. No, Logan took over Gildan. Isn't no okay? Yes. Bashir and Mazram Tame had a previous relationship. Loghain was Gildan, Tame was Saldae. Oh, okay, never mind. I was like, no, I think Loghain and Bashir probably know each other. I get, no, you're right, they they don't. So Why? No idea. Yeah, no idea. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Um. Oh, this is the person who showed up in the prologue. What? It still doesn't answer why Loghain went to Bashir. Why didn't Loghain just go to Kyrian? Right, right, right. Loghain is at the, remember in the prologue, remember 700 pages ago, uh, when at the end of that, can you imagine how much cooler this whole book would have been if we had known that Loghain and Bashir had teamed up in the, in the prologue? Why hide that? Who cares? What a dumb fucking thing to hide now. Yeah, I guess it didn't really, like, matter. Because it's not, like, a surprise. Because, like, the surprise, it's like, oh, my God, it was, like, who cares? Yeah, it doesn't really seem that important, but. What um, a, like, and this is the dangling thread problem of well, his we writing. Also, yeah, we don't know who is trying to attempt to kill all of, like, Rand's people. That never came back. Well, no, Rand found out about it in this chapter. Oh, yeah, someone tried to stab uh, oh, my I, wife. I, <clears throat> Right. It's a, it's, a, it's, a, it's a side quest for later. Yeah, yeah, it's a side quest. But, like, why write the, like, and then somebody showed up? Bum, bum, bum. You're going to find out in 600 pages. It, it was Loghain, and it, it, we're not going to explain any of the why of that. So it doesn't really matter. I don't Loghain and Bashir just, like, ride up. Together. I don't even remember that. The uh, only thing I remember in the prologue was the, like, was Loghain's, like, not his POV, but, like, when he's there with his, with the Aes Sedai. Yeah, but then at the end of Davran Bashir's POV, Davran Bashir's people are like, somebody's coming. Something's coming, yeah. I don't know what it is. Oh, oh my god, it was Loghain all along, I guess it was. Bum, bum, banana, da, da, da. Uh, so Rand, Loghain, and Bashir are talking. Oh, you know where to find the man who came to me yesterday. Oh, okay. That's cool. Could have just, yeah. You could have just said Loghain, and it would not have made a difference to anything. It just, it, 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 it's not important enough to the story to hide it. But it would have been fun. Here's a, here's the thing. It would have been like fun to hypothesize 
Why Loghain went to Bashir? Oh, that's interesting. 100%. What's going on with Mazram Tame? Did Mazram Tame kick him out? Did something yeah, happen? Yeah, did he leave of his own accord? Because they just, because it was just, a, a, because it was a nothing burger, it doesn't mean anything. There's yeah. no value in it, mm -hmm. right? As opposed to if you've been like, Loghain is here. You're like, wait, why is Loghain there? And then, oh, Loghain and Bashir ran to Rand because there's a problem. Except there isn't really a problem. Yeah. Like, they kind of go to Rand with nothing. Like, yeah, someone tried to kill Davin Bashir's wife. Like, yeah. that's bad. But, like, they don't come to Rand with anything that Rand can do for them. Yeah. Which is why Rand is like, all right, so the, a truce with the Shanchen, please. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I guess where's where's where are they sending Loyal? I don't remember. What? They're sending Loyal somewhere. Can't remember. Oh, he oh oh Rand is like, hey, it's been a few years. Mm -hmm. Worried about the longing, you sure you good? Maybe go back to the steading. And Loyal is like, fuck no. <laughs> so that's a, a thing that happens. I hate this book so much. I know. I'm sorry. Why do you think Rand, uh, or why, why do you think Rand thinks that a truce with the Sanchen is possible? Uh, I, I don't know. I'm assuming Rand thinks that if there's prophecies of the dragon here, then the Sanchen must also have their prophecies about him. Okay. And he's like, I'm the prophecy dude, so we're going to work together, and then I'm going to kick your ass. Can I bring up a counterpoint to that. Okay. Rand a few pages before this, and in this conversation, mm -hmm. says, I don't need a war with the White Tower. What part of take, of, um, of settling a truce with the people on the East Coast, who, or the West Coast, who are uh, kidnapping and enslaving uh, the Aes Sedai, makes Rand think that having a truce with them is going to help him in his effort to, uh, as he said earlier in this very conversation, not go to war with the White Tower? You know, it's it is like we, we're Good at a point, point. where our, our characters <clears throat> and maybe it's because Robert Jordan is now writing our characters as being the ones in charge. And so they have to seem politically smart. And Robert Jordan maybe isn't good at writing that. Because none of our characters are making decisions that have any intelligence behind them. They're all incredibly okay. stupid. Not you're saying any characters and all decisions. That's not true. We've seen we've, we we have seen things in in previous books that we have liked where like this person seems really smart in this moment. Like the you you are starting to overgeneralize because you don't like this book. I am I am not convinced that any of our main characters have made good political decisions. I don't think, I, I think that that's not true. I think Elaine has made some great choices. We don't know though. Here's the problem. We don't know what the consequences of any of Elaine's actions are. And we don't know what the goals of any of her actions are because they're, uh, here's my problem with that. Okay. Elaine is all secret plans. You don't even know what Elaine's doing. Like, what do you mean? She sent, she sent this, uh, not the, 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 the Borderlanders like, she used the Borderlanders marching to her to find Rand to send them off in a direction that most benefit her when she knew that there were people, like, coming after her. Like, she, like, she she mm -hmm. set up those logistics. I think that that was incredibly clever. And Yeah, I, they're not going to get there in time. Yeah, but it doesn't matter. They're still on their way. Like, those plans... <laughs> I think it matters. If, no, no, if the plans, she gets back to the city and they're like, oh, they're not going to get here in time for that to matter. And no, she's no. like, oh, I just went and I, I just spent a lot of time doing something that... Okay, but the plan was still great. We've, Maybe. we've seen, we, we've seen, we have definitely seen intelligent decisions 
that like I think are well written, and we have talked about them on here. The plan is good if mm-hmm. nobody finds out that it's her plan. Um, and if and if that's if, what if, all plans are. Okay, but she wrote in. If anyone finds out that Elaine Sedai was there uh-huh. and told them to ride south, uh-huh. which she wrote in and was like, "Hi, I'm Elaine Sedai. Yeah. Ride south." Yeah, she was like, "Yeah, if Rand anyone is over in here. Andor finds that out, she's fucked." Why? Because they she worked with an outsider in her bid to become queen. What, what, what? And it's not going to matter. But they're not like her soldiers. She was like, "You're not fighting for me. Mm-hmm. We are not shedding blood. This is going to be perfectly peaceful." I am allowing you to walk through Maybe to that's... send a message to, to make it seem like she had um, she had possibly potential allies in an army to help like deter people from from fighting her openly. And maybe that will be relevant to the story that is told. Maybe, but sure. we're not there. But you're saying that like no character has ever made a smart. I'm not saying no decision. character has ever made. I'm saying in this book, characters have stopped making. And now that all of our characters are the leaders, I'm not saying in the past books, right? Okay. I'm saying in Crossroads of Twilight, mm-hmm. no character is making smart decisions. All of their decisions are are not thought out at all. Egwene's idea with the kin retiring doesn't make any sense. Egwene's stuff <clears> definitely <throat> has some holes in it. I will agree with Ag- you there. But Egwene's- I think that Elaine has been incredibly smart and tactical this whole time. I think that if I knew what game Elaine was playing, I might agree with you. But because the like victory condition of Elaine's storyline is so vague and has like yeah, but that does so not many boil sides down to, it. to the character. I can't tell decisions. if she's making good decisions. I can't tell if she is because I don't know what the game is. It's like watching someone play chess and they're and not knowing what the rules are. Mm-hmm. And so you can look at it and be like, it looks like the moves are good, but because the, the because the what the goal of that mission is is so obfuscated because you don't know the rules of the game. Mm-hmm. If you don't know that someone needs to take the king, then you could look at a game of chess and say, oh, they're taking a lot more of the other people's pieces than are having of theirs taken. But we know that the end goal is to have her be the queen of Andor, so we know we know chess, even if we don't know every single rule. We still understand that they are getting closer <laughs> to their goal and trying to set it up in a way that maybe we, we don't, don't understand. We quite. don't know they're getting closer to their goal. I mean, she's in the castle. I know, and that doesn't matter, <laughs> according to her. Frequently, we're told over and over and over again that that is not an yeah. advantage. But she is going around again, making smart decisions, letting the people see her, mm-hmm. letting letting it be known that she's mm. alive and well, doing great for herself. Definitely a symbol of power. Like okay. that again is a very political like decision. It's it's a tactic, right? All right, I will give you Elaine. Mm-hmm. I will give you Elaine. Okay. And I won't give you anyone else. Okay. I mean, Rand is not in this book mostly. So. Rand's decision here to form a <laughs> truce with the Sanchin yeah. does not make sense to me. Uh, James Ross, thank you for that super James chat. Ross, thank you. <laughs> um, you know what? It's, it's... Nerdy Clarence, we've made to the other side. You can start thinking happy thoughts. Well, currently we're just arguing. But uh, I'm so <laughs> sorry you had to read this book at the pace you did. Have an amazing week on the slopes. Thank you. Thank you. We appreciate that. That's why next <clears throat> week we're we're going to mo- probably not talk about this book that much. And we're just going to do like an Ask Me Anything uh, session. <laughs> Rand Rand wanting to have a tr- truce with the Sanchin uh-huh. does not make sense to me without him knowing who they are well like okay. rand is yeah. rand rand sending Logan and bashir two people who have never met someone from the sanchin before and as far as i know we don't know that rand knows about the sanchin prophecies i could be wrong yeah. there i could be wrong but i don't think rand 
I think Rand is assuming that they also have their own prophecies, but we haven't seen evidence of that. But that might just be me. But like Rand sending two two soldiers mm-hmm. to negotiate for him with the Sanchin. And granted, we know from the epilogue that it works, which we'll get to. But yeah, like to to, to start a truce with the Sanchin mm-hmm. when he still does not have trust with the White Tower or know what's going on with the Black Tower. Yeah. Like he if is, he works with the Sanchin, <clears throat> he's going to piss off the White Tower. At, at both White Towers. Yes. And probably the Black Tower as well because he's a man who can channel and there are other men who can channel. Like, I don't understand what the Sanchin could possibly accept in a truce. The Sanchin are winning, by all means. They are winning, and they're already doing exactly what they want to do, so why would the Sanchin truce? Rand beat them in the mountains and then gave up. And so now they're in, now they're about to take Ilion because yeah. he's not there anymore. So it's like, the Sanchin of like, what... What could you possibly offer the Sanchin? That's that's what I mean. What do the what could the Sanchin want from this? I genuinely like have no idea. And if Rand brought that, if that was talked about in this chapter, that would have been cool. If, if like, what can we offer the Sanchin to have this temporary truce? Yeah, yeah. There, that, there, there are ways great. that this could have been set up cool, but just go uh, go ask for a truce. You people, uh, you, the, the Daverman but Loghain mm-hmm. have never met the Sanchin. They're not characters that they know. There are they're not negotiators. Loghain can channel, which Rand I mean, knows pisses off the Sancho. Like Yeah. But Sheer seems at least like capable in negotiations. There but yeah, is, he is a general. There's no reason not to assume that the Sancho won't just kill Loghain when he shows up. Yeah. Because exactly. you don't know. Yeah. And characters, like, hmm, I, we need to just move on because I feel like people are going to get frustrated. But, like, this is a, this is really, like, the only thing the protagonist of the series does in this book. And it is, uh, it is a decision that is made without the reader understanding why. It doesn't seem to come out of nowhere. and yeah. Or it comes out of nowhere. And it doesn't... The, it doesn't go any... We don't get to see that conversation with yeah. the Sanchin. And imagine what Egwene is going to think. Someone who She's has been be captured furious. by the Sanchin and Which been Rand knows. He knows that. And imagine how Egwene is going to react finding out that Rand has, like, a truce with them. Because what... what yeah. I guess we don't know enough about this truce because right now it just seems very silly. Like, can the Sanchin still take women who can channel and put collars on them? Yes. Like, is Rand like, yeah, that's cool? Like, I, I don't... And, and so the problem know. is that as a political maneuver, uh-huh. in, in a chapter, in, in, in a conversation that starts with, I cannot afford to go to war with the White Tower, mm-hmm. ending that with, okay, let's go start a truce with the single greatest threat to the White Tower on the continent, mm-hmm. with their greatest enemy, mm-hmm. the people who want to come and literally enslave them all. Yeah. Let's go truce with them before I talk to Egwene and make sure that our relationship is super copacetic, right? Yeah. With, and like it just it makes Rand seem like he's just flailing about doing random shit. And I don't yeah, want if, that. I want to be with him and like care. Yeah, if if Rand had been like, "Look, here are my terms. This is what I what this truce needs to look like." Mm-hmm. Like if we had gotten more information here, I uh, I would be more inclined to to at least understand what Rand's thinking is because I, I yeah, Egwene's gonna be fucking pissed. Like, he's already, like, having issues with the Aes Sedai. Yeah, he's got some who's, like, sworn to him. But, I don't know. It's, yeah, it doesn't make any sense to me. Um, then we have a brief moment where Elza is revealed to be a dark friend. Mm-hmm. And we, and Varen has done something to her brain. We'll move on, because it doesn't matter right now, but we'll move on. Yeah. Uh, chapter 25. When to wear jewels. 
Um, this chapter has the Sanchen helmet as its um, logo, uh-huh. which is weird because the Sanchen aren't in this chapter uh, or the next chapter or the chapter after that. Um, uh... They are mentioned at the end of chapter 27. So it is very strange to me that this chapter starts with the Sanchen helmet. I wonder if the Sanchen are the ones... Wait, no. Um... What? Uh, they the there's they see the Sanchen. That's what it is. They see a a a, a rock rockin. Is that no? Yeah, they see a flying Sanchen. That's why it has the Sanchen helmet. Oh, I missed. <laughs> but I, but I mean, like that's yeah. I'm like I don't know why. <laughs> oh right, because it's just there. It's just there. Yeah. I take it back. Um, I mean, I don't know. I don't know if that's a good enough reason, but I'm like, okay, cool. <laughs> like, uh, Nemsi says, are we conflating truce with alliance? No, a truce is still going to be a bad thing in the eyes of the White Tower. Yeah. In, in the world of Deus Damar, <laughs> do you really think that the Aes Sedai are going to hear... Uh, and I can't keep going back on this. You guys... Y- y- yeah. Uh, the stop. White, the White Tower's not going to like it. <laughs> Let's move forward. Let's move forward. Think about it for a second. You'll figure it out. Um... It's really, it's not that complicated. Uh, we finally get to Sill Harbor. Yeah. At least there's a bunch of dead people walking around. Uh, so if that's not important, I'll probably cry. Uh, yes. Yeah. They go to a city that's uh, really gross and stinky because there's ghosts walking around and everybody's terrified. They go for to negotiate for some some grain, and uh, lo and behold, the grain is bad. There's lots of weevils, which yes. means. The dark one, which we I, I don't want to skip over the city though. This, okay, okay, right, because you actually you you like this part. Robert Jordan, I want to go back to what I was saying at the beginning of the podcast. Uh-huh. Is an incredible world builder. Yes, because this city, mm-hmm. holy shit, the writing about this city is so fucking good. Yeah, it's so good. He sets up this town in a way that like it is like the best version of a DM bringing a group of adventurers into the next city in a yeah. game of Dungeons and Dragons. He writes the dirtiness and the grime and mm-hmm. the fear of this town so fucking well. Mm-hmm. It's so cool. Like the first chapter here of going to the city is riveting at world building. Yeah. And this is what he's so good at, right? Yeah. Introducing a new place and having it feel like this insane. What the fuck is going on here? The only thing I care about in Cross of Twi- Crossroads of Twilight is what is going on in this town because it is so well done. Yeah. It really is. Yeah. And like I I I was really struck by it. Yeah. And I was like, "Oh my god, like this I honestly was like, "Oh, Crossroads of Twilight's getting good at the end like Winter Heart did." Um, yeah, yeah, Because yeah. I was like, this is so fucking cool. Yeah, because I also thought that it would be relevant to the, the, the rest of the Oh, book. it goes literally nowhere. Yes, which is unfortunate. But it, it, it was really cool to, to read through and having our characters experience it and try and figure out, like, what is going on. Uh, Claudia Van Tilburg says, the other two times people saw ghosts in this book, you sure did not think it was important. You flat out dismissed it and did not give a shit. Because it didn't mean anything And guess what, Claudia? I, I'm saying that this is so cool. It doesn't. It doesn't go anywhere. It doesn't matter yet. It maybe does, it's not relevant. Maybe book fourteen. It'll matter. Like, look, like ghosts coming back is is fine. If 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 uh, it will be cool when it matters. But right now, it is another side quest for Perrin to go on. Like, yes. Perrin is now in the middle of his food side quest, 
where he has to go get food, he finds a ghost town. Rather than investigating the ghosts or letting the Aes Sedai investigate the ghosts, he said, we're not going to investigate the ghosts. We're on a food quest. Yeah, we At got At which point, he gets sent on... Uh, make another truce with the Sanchin side quest mm -hmm. that is a side quest within the side quest that is within the side quest that is within the side quest that is within the side quest and none of it is moving forward. It is just lateral moves. He is yeah. on this thing and then he's on this thing. Instead of going forward and up and towards something, yeah. he is doing this. He is spinning around in a fucking circle, beating people. <laughs> oh no, there's weevils. We gotta go winnow them in the woods. Oh, we're winnowing the weevils. We do get a half a chapter of uh, of winnowing, but yeah, when the other ghost showed up, we had absolutely no information to to make an inference as to what it meant. So we were like, "All right, that is a thing." Maybe it's a ghost. Maybe it's Maybelline. I don't know. <laughs> Turvok, thank you for that super chat. Thank uh, you, Turvok. This is another example of the bubbles of evil from the Great Hunt, or the no, it's not a bubble of evil because they're not evil; they're just ghosts. Well, I mean, yeah, the bubble of evil, like that, it would almost be like lasting too long. It feels like, but I, I, I. I genuinely, I have no idea. Yeah, it, it could it could be a bubble of evil. Here's the thing: the bubble of evil, the bubbles of evil, are whatever Robert Jordan felt like throwing in there at the time. They don't really like have a rhyme or reason. Yes, so, and they haven't been around for multiple books. So, well, when was the last miasma? Um, there was like a minor one. I'm trying to remember. To be honest, I'm. Ah. The fog was the no. The fog Two wasn't a miasma. That was um. That was uh the work of Pad and Fane. Do we know that? I thought Pad and Fane just happened to be in the fog. I don't know. That if is that... that is so. If that if if those are two separate things that happen at the same time, that is so fucking convenient. Well, I think Pad and Fane was just there, right? Because he was with that dude. He was he was in that camp. And then for Rand a while. showed up, and the 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 smoke. Okay. The yeah, I don't know. I I I don't actually know what the fog was. Michael Kioski says Perrin just wants to win now. <laughs> Michael, thank you for that. Super he wants his fucking chat. wife back. Um, anyways, the town description, very, very cool. So cool. The ghosts are gonna maybe be important. And so Perrin, well, not Perrin, Barry Lane negotiates food, right? Um, and they go check the food, because Perrin is like, I've got a bad feeling about this. And, of course, most of the food is riddled with weevils, because yeah. the dark one... I'm, I, I, I don't think it's a bubble of evil, because it seems to be happening everywhere. Like, even Egwene talks about their food stores being, like, infested, right? Mm -hmm. So the weevils, I think, are more of a general, overall dark one thing, like the weather was. Yes. That's my guess. Um, but they, they spend half a chapter winnowing uh, the food. Freddie Thomas. Freddie! Thank you for that super chat! That... Quest completed. Congratulations, adventurer. You. you have finished the achievement. The worst is over. The best is yet to come. Achievement completion, 100 points. Let's go! Can we get that on a t-shirt? Oh, my God. Someone suggested we survived Crossroads of Twilight as a t-shirt as well. Uh... Crossroads of Twilight truly is the Zelda 2 of the Wheel of Time. Never played it, and I will not. There are uh, so many good Zelda games. Yeah, Zelda yeah. 2 is not one of them. Uh, and there are so many good uh, Wheel of Time books. Uh, Crossroads of Twilight is not one of them. I, I agree, Febu. That was a uh, not a super chat. That was a giga chat. Um, or a super duper a chat. giga chat. I like that. A giga that. chad. Giga chad. A giga chad giga chat. Giggity giggity. Uh, Freddie, thank you so much. Oh, wow. Oh, wow. Um, <laughs> Moradin is one million weevils in a trench coat. <laughs> Emberize, you have to tweet that. That is a good tweet. That, that, yeah. That is a good tweet. Yeah. Mm-hmm. 
Um, yep. So Perrin um goes back. Um to the fucking camp. Um yeah, they, they 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 buy all the grain, they winnow it, it'll be food later. They take some of it with them, and Perrin's like, I can't be here because I have to go back. So um uh what's his face? Um Oh fuck the what's the spy. Oh, Balwer uh, is Balwer. there. Uh, Balwer is now running Fayil's spy team, which sure, and like why not? the Balwer's the fucking best. Look, guys, I have complaints about this book. None of them are Balwer. Never Balwer. Balwer is the best because mm-hmm. he's like, I'm not a spy. I'm running this. He's like the being like the head of MI5 and being like, no, 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 I'm a janitor. <laughs> You're like, what? What are you talking about? Yeah, sure. You are. Everybody knows. Like yeah. maybe with the white cloaks, he was hiding it, but nobody in parents' team is like, we, yeah, we know Balwer's your spy. <laughs> like he's not subtle. Yeah, yeah. He's like, no, because Balwer. I'm an accountant. <laughs> Balwer had walls before. And he doesn't have walls now, and so he's just trying to do his like secret spy stuff, but just like in a field. No, it's great. It's great. Honestly, he is he is always a highlight for oh, me. Oh, I love him. I love him so much. I'm so, I'm considering how much I was like, I fucking hate this character when we first met him, because I just was like mad at Pedro Nile for being terrible. I I'm so glad Balwer is still around because he truly is one of my favorite characters. Yeah. Yeah. Because he's weird, but he feels real. Oh, totally. Yeah. Yeah, we've got one I said I who wants to stay and investigate the town, and Perrin is like, no. Um, cool. And then they they go back, pretty much. It's gonna take a couple days to go through all the grain. So, Perrin's like, "All right, ha- have fun." Whoa, 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 Febu Moose, do not speak ill of Spirit Tracks in this chat. Spirit Tracks is great. I have no idea what you're talking or, about. Is it? That's the that's the that's the train one. It's a good game. Whatever. We're talking about Legend of Zelda. Um. So, uh, he goes back, and then we get to the chapter that we did our um. We did our audiobook reaction too. Well, no, uh, that the audiobook reaction was what we just talked about. N- no, some of some yeah, of it. The, but, the, but the important part. The, okay, the the first half of our audiobook reaction super boring. Was the winnowing because yeah. the first half of the audiobook uh, chapter, the first half of this chapter, I legitimately do not care. The second half of this audiobook chapter, uh-huh. the relevant character stuff. Perrin goes back to his camp, uh-huh. and his people. Did you just say this? No, I said he goes back to the camp, and that was where we left off. Oh, okay, you were just smiling at me as if I was, like, just repeating everything you just said? No, 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 sorry. I, I'm like, yeah, it's about to be actually interesting. Perrin comes up, and he finds um, that uh, Masima's in his camp for some reason. And the uh, the Masima and Aram and the the people there, the, the what, I can't remember what country they're from. The Which Not ones? the Mayaners, the other ones. Not the Mayaners, the Two Rivers people? No, the other ones. Yeah, uh, uh, is it Amadisia? No. Agar, Agandar, whatever the fuck his name is. Uh, they have, they've tied up the, these five Aiel that they caught, uh, and they are, uh, burning through their stomachs by, like, Gildenin. tying them down. Yeah. Thank you. I was like, yeah, there's the queen That's what it is. of somewhere. And they're putting hot coals on their belly, um, yeah, they torture to torture them. them. Um, which, uh, like, let's just get this out of the way. Torture doesn't work. But, uh, especially here... With the Shido, we we get into it in our we got into it in our audiobook reaction. Mm-hmm. What could these five Aiel possibly tell them about the city that the Shido are camped out in that would help them find Fayil? No idea. And that was my biggest problem with this plan. Obviously, Masima and his dudes are evil. They're torturing people for fun, right? Because there's there's 
these five Shido, they have seen the camp. They know how many tens of thousands of people in there. And Perrin is like, you could live your whole life there and like never run into anybody, right? It's massive. And mm-hmm. so them expecting that the Aiel are actually going to give them any relevant information is kind of silly. Like that's not a good plan t- to me. Uh, I-, I don't know. I don't know what they were expecting to hear. I thought maybe that they were... Cisarmi says they can travel. Cisarmi, so? if you open a gateway in the middle of that city, you could cut through Fayil. You it's... can't just like... Tra- no, they cannot travel into the middle of there. They don't know who they will kill by doing that. Yeah, that seems like a very bad idea. Like, like um, the reason why they can travel into the White Tower is because there are weird basement rooms that they can travel. Like, the um, what's her face? Alvyarin is traveling into the White Tower through the room she knows no one will be in. But they can't, if someone is like, oh yeah, she's in that part of the fucking city. Perrin and his team cannot travel into her tent without not not knowing whether or not they just they straight just up cut through her body. Her. Yeah, them trying to travel into the camp seems like a terrible idea. Who came, what? No. Like, that, that, that's, that's not helpful. Yeah, you don't Blue, know who you're going to murder. Blue says, can find out where they're kept so that they can plan around where they need to actually reach. But here's the thing. Expect- Maybe, yeah. And, like, that that is the most information you could possibly get out of it. Yeah. But that's not that helpful. Maybe I kind of know where Fayil might spend some of her time. First of all, you can describe Fayil. There are tens of thousands of people in that camp. And more than half of them are Gaishan from different places around the world. You could describe Fayil to the best of your ability and people still might confuse it with another person. Like, confuse her or, like, conflate them, right? Like, yeah. it's, it, like, expecting these five people to, to give you relevant information is, like, one in a million. <laughs> like, I was just like, I don't, I don't understand that, I, I guess they thought maybe there would be information that they didn't know how to ask the right questions for that I, I, Baka, slip out. Karn, Baka Karn is phrasing it in the way that maybe we should be thinking about it. Is if you need to search an entire city, knowing what area, section, or building is extremely helpful. And, like, that is true. Yeah, but here's the thing. We know That's that Fayil is a Gaishan and moves around the camp at will. Yeah, I'm assuming they're going to attack in the middle of the night when she's going to be sleeping in her tent, though. Like, if you know which tent is hers, at least you know which... Yeah, yeah I don't know. I just... Maybe? First of all, uh, torture doesn't work. Yeah. <laughs> like, like starting there. But people do it. People have done it throughout history. It's fine. Yeah. It's not a great... It's never a great plan. Um, and ultimately, what happened... Uh, he's worried about Aram because Aram is the fucking worst. And Aram has always been the worst. And I don't know why he puts up with Aram. Yeah. But ultimately, he cuts off the guy's hand. And is like, hey, guys, if you don't talk, I'm going to keep cutting off hands. Uh, and, and it's his, his strategy for it is kind of smart, right? We're going to separate you. We're all going to ask you the same question. And if any of you answers differently, you all lose a hand, which is going to encourage them to be honest. The problem with that is that they might, the five of them might have different information. Yeah. Because it's a city. Yeah. And your question is, hey. A group of spies, you know? And your question is, hey, have you seen a brunette guy, Shan, who's a wetlander? Who's got a big nose and a nice mouth. Yeah, maybe. Like, that's that's the description that we get. You would know her if you saw her. And so Perrin does um, Perrin does this thing that he feels <laughs> awful about. He uses his axe to cut off the hand. And, and look, I, I think the torturing part of it is kind of silly. But but what Perrin does is really interesting for his character. Um, it's, mm-hmm. it's kind of the same story that Rob Jordan is about to tell with Matt, which is a little bit disappointing that they have, like, the same emotional arc at the end of this book. Oh, I actually really liked the, that parallel. 
I, I, I guess I, I, I wish that I there wish... was a little bit more variety between the two of them. My thing is I wish that Rand had the same parallel in this book and that there was a moment for all three of them that really stood out, even that, if they're not all together. That... If it was a if it was a one two three, it would work better for me. Fair enough. It's because it's only the two of them, and they both kind of just have the same. It would be more interesting to do it and then show them having different reactions to it. Mm. But because they have the exact same reaction to it, it's it's a little bit like yeah, okay, you did the you. It, it goes back to like the early part of the book where like every POV ends with the same women being naked. It is a it is just Robert Jordan like kind of writing this repetitive thing of like oh we're gonna get to the end of this and it's gonna be the same as the last ending I just wrote. Yeah, I think that I I think for for me I think that that choice is that our main three characters are super similar in ways and then they are also super different. So for me, them having the same. Uh, are, that that I, th- I thought was good. I don't mean yeah, yeah. that at all. But yeah, having that third one, I think would just like tie it together really nicely and make for a really good like story beat. But we only get two out of the three. Uh, Jeremiah, thank you for that super chat. It would have been interesting if Perrin had tried to travel into the camp based on some uh, bit of cr- incorrect info and grabbed the wrong person. Thousand percent. That actually would have been very interesting. That would be because it would have be been action. Yeah, it would have be. It would be something that happened. It would be like a rash decision, which probably would have consequences. Yes. But it would open up new avenues for information to eventually resolve this plot line. Yes. Because right now it just feels like a wall. That yeah. it, it it feels like Robert Jordan wrote an impenetrable wall to end this storyline around Perrin, mm-hmm. and it's tough because like I don't see how this ends quickly. Mm-hmm. And it's also been going on for three books. And so the fact that we're three books into this plot line going on, and it doesn't even feel like it could end soon, mm-hmm. because Robert Jordan, it, it's kind of like the Miranese knot that Daenerys is caught in in Game of Thrones, mm-hmm. where like people are suspecting that it's taking George R. R. Martin so long to write the next book because he can't figure out how to get that character out of this like corner that he's written her into. Mm-hmm. And it kind of feels like uh, Robert Jordan has done the same thing to Perrin here, where he made the Shido army too big, and he made the situation too complicated to, like, write a, a solution to it. Mm-hmm. And so Perrin is just kind of, like, sitting and waffling about his decision-making because there isn't really a solid, like, without writing an entire book, without other POVs of this, like, epic fight against this city state, mm-hmm. it kind of is hard to figure out a good, like, way out of this plot line. Yeah. Uh, Mark Torres says, can you imagine if they defeat the Dark One and then the final boss is the Shido, like Game of Thrones? <laughs> uh, well done. That would be fucking hilarious. If if the last battle is actually Rand versus the Sanchin after he's killed the Dark One, <laughs> like he kills the Dark One chapter one of Memory of Light, and then he just goes around the entire rest of the book fighting the Sanchin. Like, pew! Pew! Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, that, that would be... Uh, yeah. I would hate it, but it would make me laugh. So that's something. So um, they he cuts off the guy's hand. He gets really upset about it for yeah. obvious reasons. Like, it's a tough thing to do. Yeah, uh, and he walks away and is like, oh, shit. I don't like this. And he throws his axe into a tree. And it's going to be a really cool moment on the TV show. Um, yeah, it's going to be like a Oh, no, wait, it stone. won't because he doesn't have an axe. Uh, I forgot uh, he doesn't have the weapon that is uh, crucial to the storyline in the TV show. So that moment actually won't matter at all uh, because uh, he never got the axe from Master Luhan uh, when he left Emmons Field. Oh, wait, it's almost like Perrin's arc hinges on this weapon that isn't in the fucking show. 
I have never been more upset about Perrin not having his axe in season one in as I am moment. reading this moment mm. because this moment is the whole fucking thing. Yeah. It is his whole character arc. Yeah. And he throws away Master Luhan's axe. The man, the blacksmith who basically raised him and was his mentor. He throws away that weapon here. Yeah. And the fact that, like, he... That can't happen on the show because he's not... His connection to the axe is going to be so different because he kills his wife with it in episode one. I'm like... Yeah, so the difference is, is that so, him having an axe, any random axe, is fine, whatever. It is not as strong storytelling as this weapon that was made by, like, that, you know, Masuhan made it and he watched him make it and, like, he learned so much and it's this beautiful weapon that he has a reverence for but also a fear from, right? Mm-hmm. And and I, I think that losing that emotional connection to the axe does make it a weaker beat, so. Yeah, because it's just going to be one of the many axes that he has throughout the series. Yeah. Right? Like, okay, yeah. Yeah. Of course you want to throw away the X. You killed your wife with it, dude. Like, yeah, that makes sense. Like, I think that this beat has, this beat has less emotional weight Uh in the show because he already threw it away once in the show. Oh, yeah. Mm -hmm. It will be the second time he's thrown away an axe. Whereas in the books, he's been regretting the axe and regretting the axe. And it builds up to this moment where he throws it into a tree and... He says, and leave it's it. it's Excalibur, Sword in the Stone. No one's ever going to be able to pull it Oh, out. he's coming back for that axe, right? <laughs> uh, Colonel Sanders, welcome back to the nerd table. Now do you understand why everyone was upset about the axe in the first season of the show? I get it 100%. I get it. I do. I understand. This beat will have less, um, this beat will have less weight in the show because of that choice. Yeah. But I think that this beat is very important for Perrin. Mm-hmm. I, I wish that it was in a storyline that like I cared about because it, this like s- this scene suddenly became interesting at the end, at, right at the end of the chapter. Yeah, it was. This beat was very good. And then we move on immediately to another POV. Like this no. POV finally got interesting in these final beats because this axe moment is so fucking cool. Yeah, yeah. And then instead of like doing anything with it, we just move on and we never see Perrin again for the rest of the book. Yeah. Yeah. And like that, it, that's tough. I was upset. I was like, no, we're dealing with the shine. Like, like we're figuring yeah. this shit out this book, right? We have to. Mm-hmm. Um, so he throws away the axe and um, after he's already made the decision to throw away the axe, which I think is smart on Robert Jordan's part. Yeah. The guys come up and are like, oh, also, um, they didn't have any information. Yeah. Torture doesn't work. Yeah. Um, and also, and we talked about it. What possible information could they have? Yeah, maybe there's a one in a million chance that one of them saw Fayil like walking around at some point. But the, it, like any of them knowing where she sleeps, it, yeah, it, like there's, it, yeah, there's, there's, there's no way. Yeah, and so uh, this was a really great moment. Uh, I really liked it. Um, mm-hmm. It is, I mean, like I'll spoil it here. This is my high of the book. Oh, you're spoiling it? Yeah, yeah. Because like this, this was like. This was a really beautifully written moment for Perrin, um, and I, I, I thought it was really good. Yeah, I, yeah. I, I agree. I have, I, w- I have no complaints about this scene. I will try and pick a different high. Uh, and then I do have a complaint about the end of the scene. Uh, so somebody rides up and is like, hey, the Sancho want to fight with us. The end. Fight? Wait, I thought... Yeah. Um... What do you mean? That's, that's what... They're like, there's 15,000 of them. They're going to help us fight the Shido. Oh, the Shido. Yeah. Sorry, I thought you meant the Sanchen was going to fight. The, like, they were going to fight. Fight with us. No, uh, sorry. I maybe misheard you. I thought you said fight us. No, f- you repeated it back to me. 
Okay. Uh, the, Sorry, I was like, no, the show. Sh the, they're gonna help fight the shadow. You, you were on, I was saying the same thing. I just, I think I misunderstood. Um, cool. uh, <laughs> yeah, yes, yeah, yeah. The, there. Someone walks up and is like, these fifteen thousand random sh uh, Sanchin, uh, because Talonvor found them. They're gonna help us. Yeah. The end. Thanks, Talonvor. You coming in clutch. Talonvor is in love. Why? I I don't know. Why what? Why would the, no? Like why would the Sanchin fight with Perrin? Okay, that I have no idea. I'm sure we're gonna find out maybe next book. But yeah, I, I'm not sure what Talonvor offered the Sanchin. Comicology, thank you for that super chat. Thank you for the super chat. Um, yeah, I'm not I'm not sure what he offered them. That will probably come up at another point in time when we're allowed to know it. Um, but like the the Sanchin do not need anybody else. They have never lost except to Rand, but. They maybe do not this lose. Is, maybe and this is their new tactic. Because they lost a battle and they're like, okay, but so what if we spend some time fighting with these people to get to know how they fight so we can just wipe them out later? If we find out that that's what it is, that would be interesting. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I, I but otherwise, this was kind of like, all right, sure. Yeah, right now, I am very confused. Um, that that is That is the only thing I can think of. Uh, KP, the book tells you that the Sanchin are hunting down the Shido in that same paragraph. Yeah, but th that doesn't explain why the Shido need Perrin. Perrin's yeah. got like 2,000 people with him. Like, yeah, they, like, they're not that much better off. <laughs> Perrin, Perrin doesn't benefit the Sanchin in any way. The Sanchin are far more capable than Perrin's fighting force. And like, are they going to expect Perrin and all of Perrin's people to make swear the oath? Like Yes, because they do that everywhere. Well, and and Perrin has multiple Aes Sedai with him and wise ones who can channel, who like like Perrin yeah. cannot accept this bargain because it puts all of the women with him in danger. Well, and he also has far less numbers than them. So the Sanchin are gonna come in and it's gonna be whatever the Sanchin say. Yeah, because they outnumber him fifteen to one. So like this this whole plan, this just it's another moment with the Sanchin where I'm like, this is a bad truce. Yeah, I wish we, this is another moment. I wish we'd gotten just a little bit more information so that read we and find could... out. It's the end of the book. It yeah. just ends with, hey, here's a thing that doesn't make sense until you read the next book two years from now. <laughs> Haha! Like, now you have to wait for new spring. Like, got him. Like the like the like Perrin working with the Sanchin is it's just it just doesn't make sense. Yeah. What does Perrin know about the Sanchin? I'll honestly, at this point, I don't fucking know. Maybe, Perrin, I don't maybe Perrin he, thinks the Sanchin are great. I don't think he knows that much. Like, he has not encountered the Sanchin at all. Matt has, mm -hmm. the girls have, Rand. I, I don't know if Perrin actually has. This is this is the worst kind of um, uh, cliffhanger. And it happens three times now. So get ready, because we're going to complain about it again. Uh, Matt. Oh, Perrin was at Falma. Yeah, yeah, yeah. When the horn was blown. That is Perrin correct. was at Falma. In book yeah, but two. I don't think he ever met a Sanchin. Perrin, Perrin did not go into town and fight the Sanchin. Perrin fought the White Cloaks in the field outside of uh, Falma. Was Perrin not there? No. Per no, Perrin, he was in the house when they killed the High Lord. What's his face? The Perrin marked Blade Master. Oh, he was, wasn't he? Yeah, so he yeah, that okay. that is his touchstone for Sanchin. Okay, yeah, 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 that's fair. So so that's So why that's would he work with them? He knows I, honestly, I am not sure at the moment. I am sure we will probably find out. Turok, thank you. Yeah, yeah. What? What? Let's go! What? Welcome to the Nerdy Wordy Book Club. <laughs> a show that has been officially chosen. To be a part of this year's show at Excel London, the Nerdy Wordy Book Club will be an official podcast 
participant at Star Wars Celebration Europe 2023. Let's go. Let's go! Oh my god! We got it? We got it. Yeah, that's so cool! We were like, I, I hope we're gonna get to go. Well, shit, now I gotta remake my Mando armor. <sighs> cool. Damn. Uh, well, well, if you're gonna be in London. Uh... We are fucking going! To oh, we have a podcast. Uh, we have a panel again. Let's go. Okay, so does that mean we're going to Disney Paris? Probably, yeah. Oh my god. Guys, we have a goal. We want to like hit all the Disney parks that we can at least once in our life. And I have heard that the train ride from like London to Paris is is, is pretty nice. So, we're going to be over in Europe. I've never been. Ne I have never been. I've never really left North America except like Jamaica a little bit. Um So, yeah, so we're 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 going to be uh doing our podcast on Battle Scars, right? Yes. We we have like we that's what we told them. <laughs> we probably told Sam that. <laughs> uh we yeah, we should let Sam know. So so um book club that week will be uh for, for Battle Scars, uh mm -hmm. written by a good friend of ours, Sam Mangs, um, which is the kind of in between story of uh, Je uh Jedi Fallen Order. Um People are saying the fairy's pretty cool. Jedi so. Survivor. The fairy? Okay. Across the water. Okay, guys, if you have any suggestions for um, for for London or for in the general vicinity, uh, feel free to drop those in the Discord, uh, either chatter or, like, maybe stream suggestions or something so we can keep track of them. Oh, my God, I can't believe we're going. <laughs> I'm so excited. Oh, my God. Okay. Um. You know what I think we should do? We should give away enamel pins. We should talk to Lisa about designing you as Cal and give away pins that are you as Cal. Enamel pins? Yeah. I guess if you order them in bulk, they're a lot cheaper, but they can be. Oh like no, they'd be a bit pricey, and because we, we don't need a lot, because people aren't gonna, a lot of people won't come. But like as a like, thank you to the people who do show up to our panel. We'll have like exclusive like with your orange lightsaber. That would be so cool. All right, I'm sorry guys, that was a derailment. I just got the email, um, and that is like the big. I've been waiting all month because I knew it was coming in January, whether we got a slot or not. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And wow. we are go we are going again. I know, I know. I can't believe two years in a row we're panelists at Star Wars Celebration. Um, what are the dates for that? Is that <laughs> seventh, eighth, and ninth? Yeah, uh, seventh, eighth, ninth, and tenth. Seventh, eighth, ninth, tenth of, of April. April. So uh, yeah, so we've got Jordan Con and Star Wars Celebration both in April. It's gonna be busy for us, but we're very, very excited. Oh my god, I just hope that book's better than this one. Should we do like a should we do like a pub? meet up in London be like if yeah 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 we'll do we'll do a, like a pub meet up well well like we'll find like a pub somewhere that won't mind having a bunch of people hanging around the bar I guess that are nerds <laughs> and they we'll, yeah yeah it, it, literally it's gonna be Star Wars celebration everyone within a 10 mile radius is gonna be wearing totally. a fucking Chewbacca onesie with like yeah well we'll do some kind of like maybe like meet up um, outside of Star Wars celebration because there's you can't get tickets for that anymore yeah, yeah so yeah maybe we'll find like a central location that we can get to and if you're um in that area um yeah Dakuna we would love to meet you yeah uh, <laughs> watch your wallet in French subway mine got pickpocketed <laughs> the French. Okay. Look, good I'm know. from New York. I always wash my wallet. <laughs> I'm gonna have to start zipping up my bags. I'm a New York. You are gonna have to start zipping up your bags. Um. Oh Anyways, my God. Okay. Sorry. sorry. Um. Uh, prepare to get a second mortgage to afford two beers on a London pub. 
All right, so we'll skip here. We don't have a mortgage, so uh, it's fine. <laughs> we would love a first mortgage, though. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah, yeah. All right, let's move on. Um, so cool. All right, all right. I've I've never been, guys. I've always wanted to go. I'm so excited. I'm, I like don't want to talk about this next storyline. <laughs> well, let's just. Okay, shit gets weird. So uh, Matt uh, grabs uh, Matt grabs Gannon, and they go to see Tuan. Mm-hmm. Tuan then uh, he gives her a necklace, which she then gives to Solusha, which Solusha throws at Gannon, and then Gannon gets a new name and is now a Shia dancer. And Gannon like kneels and begs to be let go. What the fuck is going on with Gannon? And how did Robert Jordan fuck up this character so much? I know we were talking about this. We're like, God, I used to love Gannon, and now this is just really weird. Um, Dale, thank you for that super chat. I have been encouraging as the wheel weaves. Uh, to read more than two chapters an episode to hurry through Crossroads of Twilight. The inth- oh, yeah, I cannot imagine reading this book two chapters at a time. Oh, I would, I would quit. I'm assuming they'll probably like speed it up a, a little bit. I would hope so. Robert Jordan took one of uh, a character who I loved, truly loved, in a Ganon, yeah. and he, I've never seen a character assassinated worse than this in any book. I hate reading about her now. And I yeah. loved her I know, when we met her. I know. Like her journey in Terrabon was so interesting. And now she sucks. And like, I don't see a reason for it. He just seems to want to shit on her. And well, make and her... shit on the, be like the Sanchin. Remember, they fucking are awful. Don't forget it. And we're like, okay, yeah, we get it. But like, like I feel so bad. I was like, this is, this was just kind of like gross. Like I, I, I don't understand. Here's my here's here's the thing. Here's the weird thing. We're supposed to, I think, potentially like Tuan because we know Matt's gonna marry There's Tuan. No way. But the, the, it's not written that way at all. Like I I, I hate them all. <laughs> like they're kind of the worst. And she won't stop calling him toy. It's really gross. Yeah, Tuan is terrible. Yeah, she's and awful. There's nothing happening. They're just kind of like going down the road. And so yeah. this is literally just like Matt is trying to woo a terrible character. Yeah, and here's the thing. And I don't know why. Like, I don't like, get it. it also, the, the fucking, oh, no, you're already half married to her. Be- I was like, what the fuck is this? That was weird. Here's here's the weirdest part is that, like, Tuan knows that these people have no idea about anything in their culture. Yes. So she's, like, offended when she gets this gift. Which, yes. like, how the fuck would Matt know? Like, wh- you can't expect him to be a mind reader? Like, I yeah, I really don't like her. Um, Ember Eye says, I kind of assumed that there was some sort of social rule about what jewelry different classes wear, which Matt didn't know. So cultural so cultural issues become women hating women again. A hundred percent. Yeah. Yes. Yes. A hundred percent. Yes. Andres Fox, Tuan may be cool later in the books. She might be redeemed. But right now, she is very much not. Yeah. Right now, Tuan sucks as a character. Tuan was raised in an insane culture. Yes. But she's also the at the head of that culture. And so per... um, So enforcing it when she's not in power and like here and look i don't actually mind to undoing what she's doing because she still thinks she's whatever the you know she shits gold again response to it is the problem like yeah, again putting not, up with it is weird yeah again is not in the culture anymore she has left it she's like she, she's got rid of she's growing on her hair like yeah like like again cannot return to the sanction culture so yes. I don't know why. Like I guess she's just so terrified. But then I again, would, that, but like, uh, that's I don't know. Her response to the scene should have been like, "Shut the fuck up." That would have been great. Like, could you imagine if Ganon had been like, "Nah, fuck you"? I would have been like, 
Yes, yes. Instead, More she's fucking that. like getting on her knees. I know. Uh, and also, um, fucking uh, Juelin's um, Amethyra, the the Panarch. She still kneels every time. Any time the Sildam talk to her, they did a number like, on her. She, she wasn't with them for that long. I'm sorry, but like humans, humans don't get broken like that. When when you're given freedom and given your power back, you get like like I I don't. It takes some time. It to- is so exaggerated that I don't. I don't, it doesn't feel like a real person. I am going to push back against that because I have never experienced that kind of trauma. And I, I, like from a personal, like relating to experience, I don't know. I don't know how that fucks with somebody. It does feel a little bit exaggerated, but also like some people, something bad happens to them and they are ruined forever. I would I would argue that there's an interesting version of that. Uh-huh. If Robert Jordan didn't write so many women to be broken in ways throughout his books that right. it, I I like Robert Jordan only does it to women. Yeah. And so I don't buy into it because yeah. it is this like thing that he believes about women that they can all be broken. Shariam can hear some information and oh she's so damaged now that she starts weeping in the middle of a meeting. Fuck that. Yeah. Like, oh, Amethyra was Dakaval for a couple of months, and so now she kneels every time, even though she's clearly even... free. A Guinan, who has never been that person, is so broken by Sanchen culture that she kneels for, and only the men in the yeah, series like, are able to, like, puff up their chest and deal with it. Yeah, like, a Guinan has known that the Sanchen have some backwards fucking shit going on since book two. Mm-hmm. And I do wish we'd had a better character for progression for her because I thought she was going to be a really interesting character. But the the, how it's written is she's not as interesting because it it actually doesn't matter that she was the first one to know and find out and what that means for her and what that means for Sancha. and, And so here's the thing. The difference between Theon in Game of Thrones is that Theon eventually then does something about it. You know what I mean? Theon, like... Yeah, he struggles with it, but he he fu- yeah he fucks up hard. But he there's like, also like there's Theon isn't yeah there, there, there's different levels to it, right? Like you can yeah. break somebody to that level. You can. Yeah, people are saying that Rand got broken to that level, and I don't agree. Rand is not like cowering from Aes Sedai. <laughs> like I don't, I don't, I don't think Rand is a good comparison. Aram has characters. not been broken. Aram is on a journey of self-discovery. Aram is a sociopath who yeah. was born a tinker and is now realizing that he's a sociopath. Aram, Aram, Aram wasn't broken by anybody's actions. Aram was broken by his realization. That can happen. Aram yeah, becoming yeah, yeah. hyper-violent because his entire people were killed off in front of him. He watched the children that he was babysitting get mutilated by Trollocs, and so he becomes hyper-violent. Isn't him being broken by someone, like, torturing him into being a meek little baby? Aram is yeah, getting yeah. hyper-violent because he watched children die. That is not the same thing. Uh, yeah. Rand doesn't listen to fucking anybody. I don't know what yeah. you guys are talking about there. Only the women in this sh- series are broken and then become weak, mewling creatures who weep at a moment's notice and and get on their knees for other people, even though there's no reason for them to. And it is, it, it just, I don't buy it. I don't yeah. buy that, igu- the, the Aginan that we met in Fires of Heaven, I think it was? No, we met her in... Um, What book was it? In Tenchiko. The Aginan that we in, met in yeah. Tenchiko does not come across like the kind of character who is this fucking like mewling and pathetic. And it just is, it's sad to read because I really loved her at one point. And yeah. I, I just, I don't anymore. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, I agree. The difference 
the, and this is one of those moments where uh, Robert Jordan's writing of women versus men uh, the, uh, falls through, <laughs> because yeah, there there are men who deal with uh, horrible, traumatizing things, and they're they're cool. Yeah, they they really hurt inside. They're feeling it inside, but the women can't handle it. Yeah, it's it's the so, idea of like Robert Jordan really subscribes to the idea that men are stoic and women are vulnerable. And he shows it a lot in these moments of his writing. Yeah, yeah. Sorry, Aginian was book two. I was like, wasn't it? Yeah. No, it wasn't book two. With Ship Captain, right? No, not book two. Are, are you sure? Sh- I, th- I could have... S- no, God, no, no, no. I remember when... Oh, no, no, we do meet... Oh, oh, we meet Aginian on the boat briefly, but we don't really meet her. Yeah, she like... Like, she's not a character his, at that she point. She raids his boat. Yeah. I was like, she doesn't have a, person, sure. a personality really yet. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She's just, she's just introduced. Um... But, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, characters' reactions to trauma are very much gender-based, and it's just kind of... It was just disappointing to read, yes. unfortunately. And Especially because I love... I, I, I'm not joking really when I say like, I loved again. Like, yeah. go back to those podcasts. I was like, oh, Aginan is the only Sanchin who fucking rocks. Yeah. And, like, Robert Jordan took that away from her and made her, like, please, can I leave? Person who's not in control in this situation, please. Oh, I'm going to put my... Oh, please. And I'm like, fuck. Like, why is she doing this? Yeah, like, Aginan has started... Aginan started distancing herself from Sanchin culture for, like, a long time. Especially yeah. because she has, like, Bail Doman to help, like... I, I want to say, like, ba- balance that out. It, I-, I am very surprised... That this was the choice that was made in the moment. And then, yeah, we find out about this really weird um, marriage thing uh, where um, sometimes when royalty is betrothed to be married, but they don't want to wait until they're together, they just announce in public three times that they're married, which Matt did. And, (laughs) of course, we're going to hold Matt, who is a foreigner, accountable for our traditions and ways. This... Okay, here's my here's my question about the Sanchin marriage thing. Uh-huh. Since nobody has to be, be like to, to approve it, well, someone has to witness what age, it. Okay, but what age? How old do you have to be before what you say counts? Um, I'm assuming it only counts if your parents say it counts because it sounds like it's a noble tradition. <laughs> because can I can imagine two twelve year olds? We love each other. We're married. We're married. We're, we're married. married. <laughs> Yeah, we're fucking married. Like, yeah, I, I, Dakota, I agree. I was, I laughed. I was like, what? <laughs> I really? yelled out the stairs. I was like, this isn't real. I, I thought again and was fucking with Matt. Yeah. And then she's like, no, you idiot. Of course we have a more complicated marriage than you just say that you're married three times. Yeah. Slickjack, uh, good question. Um, I was like, what in the Wizard of Oz is this? If Tuan was wearing the amulet of Mara, uh, we would know because Robert Jordan would uh, describe it in detail. Yeah. Oh, my God. <laughs> the Beetlejuice marriage rule. What a lovely ceremony. Uh, oh, God. <laughs> so beautiful. Uh. Yeah, no, yeah. I, I, I definitely, I rolled my eyes pretty hard at this. Yeah, yeah. Um, so, the, honestly, they're literally, guys, this, they're, they're, they're just traveling down the road. Um, Moving right So along. we're just going to skip ahead, because I don't want to keep talking about this. The two-on stuff is weird. The dating stuff is weird. The stones games are weird. Matt, the working. The stones games are interesting enough. Like, no, oh, yes, but, they're but both But Matt's motivation is weird. His motivation? I oh, don't understand they're both good at stones, his motivation. Why does he want to woo her? What is he doing with the flowers? Like, I, I just I fucking lock her up and throw away the key, light a match under the fucking thing, and be done with it. Like, Wow. Uh, okay. <laughs> 
I'm going to say it, maybe not that. Okay, um, if I'm on a date with a girl, if I'm on a date with a girl. You set and her I'm like, on hey, fire? No, 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 hear me out here, hear me out here. If I'm on a date with a girl, uh-huh, uh-huh. and I'm like, hey, particu- particularly, like, I'm on a date with a white woman, say. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, hey, what do you do for fun? And her answer is, oh, I break slaves. I'm not marrying that woman. Bye. That's the moment where I'm like, and Matt is like, okay, cool, cool, cool. We'll, we'll work on that. Well, no. Yeah, we'll work on It's minor. No. Speed bump. Done. Over. <laughs> no date two. Minor speed bump in the road. You know how it is. And that's the thing is Matt is like, okay, well, I'm destined to marry her. So I guess like we should get to know each other. At that point, run. But guess what? Run. Guess what? Match under the cart. I can change her. But nerdy, that's just yeah. you. Yeah, just me. I'm the only one not attracted to uh slavers. And like I don't I just don't know I, I I genuinely cannot understand what I'm supposed to be getting out of this as a viewer. Like I can't I can't I would figure love, it out. Okay, I would love if they were like dating, right? He's like hanging out with her. And you would love that? No, no, no. No. And uh, it's less of oh. getting to know her and more like if Matt if Matt had the maturity at this point, which he might, he might, he might, mm-hmm. I'm not sure. If Matt had the maturity at this point to be like, okay, you like breaking domain, like why? Like, let's have a conversation about the Sanchen and why they do what they do. And like, I wish that they were having conversations about their different cultures and what was, and why people did what they did. Because that, that is how that I could see Matt being like, I have to marry this person but like, her, like you know, I like breaking domain. That's a bit of a weird one. Maybe, 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 maybe we can deconstruct this. If I have to marry this person, if I'm stuck with her for life and I have no say in the matter, then maybe we can have an interesting conversation about why. And we get that from our character's perspective. I think that that would be fascinating here because then Robert Jordan would be able to actually make some kind of commentary on the slavery that he has in this book and why it's there and 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 break it down and and there would be a reason for it and right now it's just now nah, they're dating oh she's a shitty person well we're not going to talk about that cuz nobody communicates in the wheel of time and i just i think that it was a missed opportunity yes unfortunately yeah um yeah yep um yeah uh, so, anyways, apparently, um, saying uh, I uh, saying uh, Robert Jordan is obviously inspired by Muslim wedding traditions with the same three times in front of witnesses. I want to be clear. It, I I don't have a pro. I, I I don't want I don't want to be misconstrued here, and I don't want anyone who is um um of that faith to think that I think that like that is dumb if that's her tradition. Mm. I think that what is silly is to introduce into a story. Like, if, if this story was like, oh, we have this beautiful wedding tradition in the Sanchen where we stand in front of our friends and we say that we will get married three times, mm-hmm. um, I think that is fantastic, right? Yeah. That's a beautiful tradition to do if you have, like, a wedding tradition. To have Matt say the thing three times. and Without then knowing. Two, two books later? Uh, or was that last book? That might have been last book. Um, have No, last book. Yeah. Then have another character be like, oh, no, because you said that, if at any point in the future she says we're married three times. for a year and a day. Sorry, sorry. For a year and a day, she can marry you at any point, even though you didn't know that that was happening. 
Yeah. That is silly to me. Yeah, yeah. Both I, parties have to know what's going on. The real world Muslim version of it is not... That I'm not going to say that that's silly. I, I'm not saying that's silly. I don't believe that that's silly. I'm saying yeah. that the way that it is being used as a narrative it's device in this like, book is inherently stupid. It's like two consenting parties as opposed to uh, Matt not knowing what the actual like 100%. fuck is going on. It, it is about consent. It is about the fact that now Matt has accidentally gotten married, which is the dumbest form of like it just it just is so because we don't care about Tuan, we don't like Tuan, we love Matt, and now you have saddled him with this fucking terrible character, and like she has to die for me to care about her. I don't, I don't think she can be redeemed. Her joy in life is being a good slave master. Yeah, 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 yeah. Like, and there's not. It's it's hard to come back from that unless you do some some real deep digging and maybe uh. Uh, not, maybe not, maybe not. Um, Sancha doesn't care if a foreigner doesn't know the laws. A hundred percent, but I care because yeah. this is dumb. Yeah. Yeah. Karma, all his good luck has to be balanced out some, somehow. That's not, that's not interesting a storytelling device. I'm sorry, but it, but it isn't. Like, it, it, this, the whole two on Matt thing, it doesn't suck as bad as the Perrin Shido storyline, but it's pretty bad. Yeah, like I said, I think that this was a missed opportunity, but that's me personally. That's how yeah. I would handle this section of the story because I think that you can say a lot of interesting things if you actually have two characters with two opposing views and values yes. have a conversation with one another, but nobody has conversations with one another that mean anything, that are not like 70-layered uh, like manipulation tactics. Uh, but that's... Fine. Anyways, <laughs> Makes yeah. me think of the Firefly episode, Our Mrs. Reynolds. That's uh, funny. Yeah. The thing is, that's used for comedy, though. Yeah. Um, that's not used for... The, yeah. That the only thing that happens. Um, so, so, in all of this, um, uh, Rena runs away. They Oh, they buy silk. Whatever. They buy clothes. Um, okay, yes. Tuan is like, you have to take me shopping. And they're kind of acting super sus while they're shopping, which I thought was going to matter for any reason, but then it didn't. Um, they buy some silk. And they come back, and Rena has stabbed Gannon and run away. They chase her down, and they shoot her, and it's a, it's Matt a moment has, for Matt. Matt. Matt has to make the call. Matt has to deal with the, the, the consequences of deciding that this woman has to die before she can give them away. Because it's, you know, weighing Rena's life yeah. against the life of every single person in Val Luca's circus who will be punished. Yes. For what they've done. Um, and that weighs on him. And I think that's interesting. Like I said, I wish we had Rand have a similar moment at the same time to have that nice rule of three. Uh, I wish this but. I wish this section had started with that and that it had hung over him and Tuan. Like, I wish, like, if you're going to have Tuan start warming up to Matt, if you're going to do it, and I don't think that you should, but if you're going to do it, have it start with Matt chasing down Rena and killing her. Yeah. And Tuan... Like respecting that decision, and so that's what starts their conversation well, between the two of them. She does. She's like, I forbid you to feel guilty about it. No, no, I know. I'm saying start these three chapters with that. Oh, and, and then, then do all of the wooing and whatnot with after that, right? With that hanging over it, so that we get to spend time with Matt after he's made the decision, instead of leading up to the decision and then kind of ending right after that. Okay, yeah, I could see how that would work. And then it would, and then it would be different from what Perrin did, mm -hmm. so that you would like have them go through a same emotional beat, but in a different way. Yeah. Whereas both of these things ended up with it like the, a really kind of pedantic boring story leading up to a decision and then moving on after the big decision's been made yeah. before we can really 
like spend time with our characters dealing with the consequences of their actions. Yeah, no, I, 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 yeah, I can see how you could frame that to be very interesting, but Matt also sees some ghosts. Again, that will be relevant yeah. at some point. Yeah, yeah. I wish, I, yeah, I wish we'd had some kind of prophecy about the dead returning or something that we could like there probably is. infer. <laughs> We've from. read three million words. We have, but I don't remember <laughs> anything about the undead or ghosts. Like, I, and maybe, maybe I am not remembering. That is totally valid. My memory is absolute fucking horseshit. But I don't remember anything about the ghosts. So. I don't. I don't remember a specific prop- prophecy about the ghosts either. Yeah. Um, so yeah. They just so, keep showing up, but they don't. The problem is that they don't affect anything, and they're 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 not like we can't we relevant don't see, to our characters. Yeah, we don't see them interacting with the world in any way, and so it's like okay, this yeah. is ominous, but I don't really know why. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, James Ross, even a normal person, I, I, there's no way they could remember everything. And me, God, fuck no. Like, uh, Amby fan, thank you for that super chat. Hearing you complain about this book gives me life. Also, I just got the hardcover for Trust of the Emerald Sea by Brandon Sanderson. It's so pretty. Ooh, I'm happy to hear that. That's um, awesome. Thank you for that super chat. Uh, yeah, I'm excited I'm, to, I'm excited to, the to talk about book. the ghosts when they influence the story. Yeah, when they matter. Right or maybe they just, won't. Right now it's just a thing that's happening. Robert Jordan. At this point, who knows what will come back. I genuinely don't know. guys, we finished another book, which means you know what it's time for. Who fucking killed Asmodian? Doesn't matter. Uh, you know what? Because um, it doesn't matter. I wonder if Robert Jordan ever revealed that. No, I, Sanderson does. Sanderson. Oh, thank God. Yeah. Sanderson showed up, pushed up his sleeves, and was like, oh, you want me to write one book? Well, I can't, because Robert Jordan didn't actually no like way. do the work of finishing the series. Yeah, so yeah. I have to tie in, I have to answer questions that were brought up in this series nine books ago. A ghost killed Asmodian. Yeah. It's a ghost. Cool. Um, I, look, here's, uh, can I be honest? Mm-hmm. Chat, can I be honest for a second? Of course. People aren't going to like this. I am only still doing this because people keep saying that this ends well. But I am about four books past enjoying Robert Jordan's writing. I think if I didn't know, if the if the series was still coming out and I didn't know that there was a banger ending, I think I would also stop. This would be the point. I, I haven't gotten to that point yet because I was like, no, I like the world. I like reading about these people. Okay. Yeah, I understand why people stop after this book. I really, really do. Yeah. Because I'm, I probably would have been one of them. And then maybe, maybe years and years later, when they were all out, and I was like curious, I might like try and pick it up, and then be like, mm, I don't know. So. Yeah. But like, if if it wasn't for so many people saying the the ending is incredible, yeah. If people were like, no, the ending's pretty good, I I would have been done in Path of Daggers. Yeah. Like this isn't this isn't good. The, the, the series hasn't been good for a while. The the end of Winter's Heart is really good. It's and a good moment. That's the thing. There's enough good along the way to like keep you going. But yeah, it drags. But the series has not been good for a while. Um, and that is that's a shame. I think um, I, I it really is. I, I this 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 was tough, guys. This the, reading this book was like hard. Yeah. And it is. I I don't know what it is. Something about. Robert Jordan got out of what Lord of Chaos, mm-hmm. right? And then just kind of I don't know. I like 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 nobody I I guess there was just no one there to be like, "Hey, like 
why are you doing this? And I don't think he really ever thought of why. He just thought of more. That's, that's. And it's, it's, it's hard to get through. That's what I have been asking throughout the whole series, right? Because we have talked about, about the themes in this book. And we'll take a specific example, like slavery, mm-hmm. right? When you go to art school, when you go to art school, your teachers ask, if you're creating something, why now? Why is this relevant to now? What do you have to say about this that hasn't already been said? Because otherwise you're just writing things down. Or, you know, if you're writing a play or you're making a movie, whatever it is. Otherwise you're just writing things down, right? And I don't think, I don't know if Robert Jordan ever asked why or why now or why is this relevant Um, for for big picture things, but also little picture things. Yeah. Um, I think just like in general. Uh, and, and, And it's unfortunate because like we have said, he's very talented at a lot of things. Um, but yeah, I, it's been, it's guys, it's been a journey. Well, and this, this book is bad. Like yeah. I, like I, I, I'm, I don't even mean like, if you can like it, I'm not saying it's impossible to like this book, but I'm saying on like a technical level, mm-hmm. this book is poorly written. Yeah. And if you get to the end of the series and you can come back to this book and you can see maybe what Robert Jordan was trying to accomplish, I think that's totally valid. But yeah. a book cannot be good only on its second or third or fourth read. Like, or with with this, a book is not good if it's only made good by the stuff that comes afterwards. Because then it's just been fixed. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah exactly, yeah. exactly. Yeah. Um, yeah. The song is the ultimate test for fantasy re- readers worldwide. Truly. Yeah, I, I guess that this is kind of like how... Like, it's it's an endurance test. And I think that if you write your book to be an endurance test. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so, uh, Noel, in the middle of all this, uh, just randomly says a part of the dragon prophecies that are is about Matt for no apparent reason. Yeah, Noel is very sus to me. Yeah. He, he always was, a, like, a little bit, but now I'm like, okay, this, this guy is either, like, a forsaken... Probably a first. I I I I don't know. He's he's definitely suspicious. Uh, he says out loud for no apparent. He just randomly, literally, it says suddenly. Noel slapped his thigh. They're not talking about anything relevant. And well, they he were goes, before Matt got there. I supposedly. remember now. Wait, what? Before before he arrived to this conversation, they were they were having a conversation, which I believe Noel was like in like a part of, and this was relevant to the conversation that we were not privy to beforehand, which no, is why he appears to blurt it out. Yeah, no, we don't Noel see... was telling Oliver about Shara before this. So is this a prophecy from Shara then? No, no, no. This is no, no, no. Noel is telling Oliver about Shara, right? Okay. And how the the channelers there tattoo their faces. Right. The then Matt shows up and Oliver's like, oh, he was telling me about Shara, and Noel goes, right. Fortune rides like the sun on high with the fox that makes the ravens fly. Luck his soul, the lightning his eye. He snatches the moons from out of the sky. Thanks, Noel. That was a <laughs> random thing to just be like, oh, I remember this random th- paragraph now. And I'm going to say it for oh, I, a reason? Is uh, Noel Demandred? Is Noel Demandred? Yes. He's been everywhere. He's been to Shara. We know Demandred went to Shara. Um, is Noel Demandred? I don't know why Demandred would stop the Golem from killing Matt. Because Demandred does not want Moradin to win. Demandred wants to be the nipples. 
And so he is protecting Matt from Morden being successful. Because if Mord is successful, then uh, demand then Demandred isn't right. And so if Morden gets the golem to kill Matt, then 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 Morden has more strength as the nipples, right? Maybe this super capable was... fighter shows up to Matt in the middle of the Sanchen territory has, and knows about the Shara. The only people we know who have been to Shara are the Forsaken. Yeah, that we know of. People have been to Shara. Otherwise, they're like like animals that they have from there. They wouldn't have in the circus, right? Like, I don't. Well, no, know. you can trade at the gates, but like, N- Noel Noel has been around the world, and. Is like weirdly with Matt. He, he, I'm pretty sure he's he's either Demandred or he's a new character. And if he's a new character, like if he is Noel, yeah, just introduce us to him. Maybe he's Slayer. No, because Matt would recognize him. He'd be like, "Oh, that looks like Lan," or "Oh, that looks like." Well, apparently Slayer has two bodies. Why yes, can't he and not one have of them a looks third? Like, oh, why? Why could he not have a third? We don't know. We haven't been told yet. Um, Perry Wolf says, I think in this moment, Noel just realized who Matt is within the prophecies. That's all. It's just a self-epiphany. Uh, maybe, but I don't know how Noel would infer. Well, actually, uh, possibly. Yeah. Possibly. Um, and so Matt, after killing, uh, Rena, Matt rides back into town. Uh, and he's like, oh, I'll go have to find them in the woods tomorrow. Except they're not in the woods. They're, they're, Tuan has taken over Val and Luca's, um, circus for some reason. I really thought we were done with the circus after the first circus arc, and now the Sanchen Empress runs a circus is yeah. not a storyline that I'm interested <laughs> in at fucking all. But Tuan is like now in power, and I'm like, why? Why are you giving this woman power? She has no power. Stop being fucking idiots. Well, no, it's 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 Tuan is being sly. No, she's not. She's just being like, I'm powerful, and everyone is allowing it to happen. There is no reason to let her have power. There is no, she has no reason for people to listen to her. Yeah, yeah, people are dumb for listening to her, but Chuan is doing a smart thing by giving Val and Luca a reason to like and protect her so that if she does try and get away, which she has vowed that she won't, but she can then maybe use the situation to her advantage if she has Val and Luca in her pocket and has people who are, like, on her side. Sure. Why Why is Matt putting up with it? Why why, yeah, why 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 are they put, why is it Gian and Penelope? Like, that's my why. Matt Robert Jordan lives in this world. <laughs> Do you hate this book? Yes or no? Robert Jordan lives in this world where people that where some people are just so willful that people just listen to them. Taviran. And no, but Tuan isn't Taviran. That we know. And maybe it's exhausting because real the real world isn't like that. And, like, yeah. when he does this, these characters stop feeling real. And it yeah. takes me out of it because I'm like, no one no one would fucking put up with this. No, people do not just, people aren't like, wow, that woman has a lot of will, so I'm just going to do whatever she says, even though I have orders to not do that. Why? People do whatever I say. No, they fucking don't. <laughs> Nobody listens to you. Why? You're 5'4". Let me people live are in like, my dream is someone world. speaking? <laughs> oh, there's this fucking, like, munchkin over here talking about the lollipop guild. <laughs> All anyone has to do is hand you a bag of fucking Sour Patch Kids and you'll go off into your corner and be happy for the rest of the day. That like, is true. You're not wrong about that. I will take payment in Sour Patch Kids. Correct. Um, but yeah, I don't know. So they ride back and Tuan's in control now. End of the storyline. 
Great. Yep. So in Knife of Dreams, we will still be with the circus. That yeah. that that lovely storyline that brought us so much joy the last fucking time we were with it. Yep. I do wish we had a little bit of res- resolution in this uh, book, but um, nope. Uh, Matrix says, hey, everyone, smash the like button. And you know what, Matrix? Matrix is right. Um, also, uh, Dakuna is probably gone, but um, just in case you can hear this, thank you. <laughs> um, I'm glad Aginan's okay. Aginan is... Uh, I don't want her to die. I think it would be better if she died here. Um, cause God knows the character sucks at this point, but I'm like, I don't want her to die, but for like her sake. Maybe, yeah. God damn. Also like, Bale Doman, dude, what are you doing? Where's, where's, where are the characters that I loved once upon a time? Yeah, they've been decimated. Um, uh, t- chapter White 30. Tower. Yeah, White, White Tower, Egwene. We're almost done, y'all. Almost chapter 30. There. What that Oathrod can do. The name of this chapter made me laugh so hard. What that Oathrod do, baby. Show me what that Oathrod do. You know that that's something that Moraine has said to Swan. Oh, a thousand percent. Show me what your Oathrod can do. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She's been strapping it on. Like, oh, yeah, you sh- you you show me what that Oathrod do. Uh, so, early smut corner. Um, Karen is dead. Uh, managers everywhere are rejoicing, finding out that Karen uh, was killed aside den last night. You good? Yeah, I didn't even. Yeah, I'm mm-hmm. funny. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> the uh, uh-huh. Egwene, uh, despite the fact that Karen has been killed with Sidon, Egwene still isn't having people resonating around the camp. I would check every nook and cranny of the camp for Sidon. Yeah. Including you. Because you. Yeah. You know that there are forsaken out there who can use compulsion. And yeah. you are not resonating every fucking member of the camp for Sidin. Now, here's the thing. If weaves are inverted, can they still be resonated? Who the fuck knows? He no invented idea. resonating earlier in this book. I have, yeah, I have no idea. We've been told for 10 books that you can't feel Sidin if you're a woman. And then in book 11, he's like, oh, no, wait, no, but like, you actually, you can. But if so you like, try, like, if, you, <laughs> if you try, if you believe really, really hard, you can do it. I don't um, fucking know what it is. Yes. Oh, the cake. Guys, uh, Monkey has not gotten their cake yet. I reached out to a company to try and have one made. Mm-hmm. And they have been uh, very slow to respond. The only problem is there's only like two cake companies over where Monkey is that deliver cakes. And so I'm still working on it. Uh, yeah. Sorry. Sorry, Monkey. You will get the a problem- cake. So for those of you who don't know, Monkey lives... Um- in the woods. No. On uh, <laughs> the farthest east tip of North America, there's a town called Gander <laughs> on an island <laughs> called Newfoundland. There's an airport. It used to be one of the biggest airports. Sorry. That joke is just for us. That's, if you have not seen Come From Away, you have absolutely <laughs> no idea uh, what we're talking about. Uh, um, yeah, uh, Monkey does not live near a lot of cake bakers, so I'm working on it, I promise. <laughs> Yeah, uh, so then Egwene finds out about uh, the death and doesn't do anything smart about it. Uh, she just is like, hey, you person who's not a detective. Investigate. Go figure that out. Yeah. Uh, which is cool. I would love for it to be a character we know, but maybe well, we'll get to know this one girl. one of the characters who's like sworn to her, but that's that's it. I guess. I would just like to be a part of the... If, like, like, why is this book about not about her investigation? That would be interesting, but instead we just hear about snippets of it because that's all Robert Jordan is writing at this point in the series is just characters in meetings hearing about the things that their underlings are doing that could be interesting if we could follow the action of it. Yeah, the headaches are worse. The, the headaches, headaches are bad. Are almost every night, I think. Uh, Theodrin uh, comes with a message for Ramonda. Uh, 
Amara it doesn't like bow enough, and so I don't care. Basically, the Ramada and the Lane come and talk to Egwene, and they both have different concerns. Um, they, those none of those concerns are going to matter by the end of the chapter, but that's fine. Lillian kind of like threatens Egwene, and Egwene is like <gasps> breathing exercises. Morel thinks she figured out what happened at Shadar Lagoth, but we're not going to find out what she thinks for multiple books because Egwene's going to be locked in the White Tower for who knows how long. Uh, and then um, Lillian suggests that they change the bond and that they basically turn the Ashman Black Tower into, into slaves. Adam uh, wearing domain. Uh, yeah. So uh, that's yeah. great. Uh, thank God Egwene is like, no. Lillane sucks. Um... So that's cool. Uh, uh, and then... Um, you can smell the tea you need to shower. Egwene is slowly turning into Aleda in a way I don't love. Rather than being the anti-Aleda, she's kind of just coming around to Aleda's way of viewing the world. In just that way? she should be in charge. In what way? She's She is leading by... She's doing the same thing Aleda's doing. Like, like the, my, my, the, my, part of my problem with this split in the White Tower right now is that on a ideological level, the two sides of the White Tower don't have different opinions. They have the exact same opinions and structure, and Egwene isn't bringing anything to the White Tower except herself and the Salad Barbarians. Yeah, if if Egwene was sincerely trying to, like, unite... unite the Ajas and, like, break down the walls between them and their lack of communication, like, I, I think that um, that she would definitely be bringing something to the tower that is really, really needed. But she's not doing that. But she's kind of just like, well, we like, you did a bad thing, and we don't like you. It's it's lit. She's literally her and Aleda. There's no difference between them at this point. Um, I don't know. I don't know if um, I I, I don't know if uh, if uh, Egwene would have someone ordered to be like shoved in a box and tortured. I do think that they are different. I... I do think that they're different. Egwene. Egwene has a platform of not kidnapping the dragon. Okay, but Egwene has, I said I sworn to her. She is letting people get away with rules that are being broken. Like Morel, she is hiding Morel's land story for her. She is being aggressive and having people birched because of how she needs to be seen as strong. Like her and Aleda are doing... Who is she having birched? I don't think Egwene is having anyone physically punished. Yes, she is. No, she just allows the normal, like, mistress of novices to do her thing. Like, Okay, uh, fine. She is not She is not stopping people. Sure. She, she is continuing the same systems that the Aes Sedai have always had. Like, she is not bringing a, a different White Tower back to the White Tower. She is just reuniting the White Tower back to what it used to be without Aleda in the head of it. Like, the, the only difference after Egwene takes over is going to be that Aleda won't be in charge of the White Tower. Like, that's it. When Even when she's like, what are we negotiating for? She's not negotiating for any change. Her only stipulation is Aleda can't be there. Like, that that's what they're fighting this war over is Aleda's presence. There's no... Yeah, I mean, Aleda did get rid of an entire Aja. Great. Cool. But you're, but you're not far off. Egwene is not behaving or running her White Tower differently than Aleda is. Um, that's not true. She literally <laughs> has people sworn fealty to her. Yeah, but Elena is literally abusing everyone around her. Like, people can't, like, be near her without being fearful for their fucking lives. Like, Elena, Elena treats people terribly. And I don't think Egwene treats people perfectly. 
Like, do not get me wrong there, but I do think that Egwene is better at dealing with people than Aleda is. Aleda is violent and rash and self-absorbed in a way that I think that Egwene has a bit of some of those qualities, but not not to that degree. Like, Aleda is extreme. But they're getting worse as she gets closer to the White Tower. Aleda's, yeah. No, and Egwene. Egwene is getting... Egwene is becoming more and more like Aleda with every step. Yeah. Right? And so I don't I, I don't know. It's just interesting. Uh, I, I will say Aleda is at least smarter than Egwene. Because in yeah. the middle of the night, in the middle of the night, uh, Bode is supposed to go do something with the chain in... Um, She's supposed to turn it to Quindalar for some reason. This is dumb. Right? It's dumb. Ah. This doesn't make any sense, right? I cannot fathom what this plan was supposed to be, unless she meant to get captured for some reason. There's no fucking way. There's, I'm sorry, there's no fucking way. That's insane. I, I, I'm not saying that I believe that. It's the only option that I can see in front of me. Um, Amber Eyes says, block the passage of supply of ships. Why would turning the ch- the chain to Quendalar stop the chain from yeah, moving? The chain is still in the same shape as it was as iron. It blocks. How would, how would, how would touching it block the chain? How would touching the chain, how would changing the, the, like, uh, fundamental composition of the chain make it stop working? But what, why wouldn't it be able to be dropped? That doesn't make any sense. It's on a, isn't it on a crank? Because all the links get fused together and it becomes solid? Why would they become solid? But why? Okay, so so, so say you're changing the fundamental thing, right? Yeah, you're to turning To a different chain. metal. Uh-huh. Why does that fuse it? Yeah, why? Well, okay, if it fuses it, why did they not set that up in the chapter about the Quendalar? Yeah. Yeah, the chain won't break. The chain doesn't need to break. The chain is a moving mechanism. I don't understand how changing a chain from iron to Quendalar makes it makes it stop. Oh, okay, working. they did with the two cups. Okay, so if you fuse metal together, wait, but then, but then when she takes over, what do they can do? They change it back. Okay, so then what? so she's fucking over North Harbor forever. Yeah, what? But that's okay. Okay, I will. I will agree if you, if if Chad is right and they are permanently fused forever and unbreakable. Then all you have done is make North Harbor blocked forever. They have traveling. Yeah, but you're still gonna want to use the fucking okay. river, Daro. I still don't understand how a chain turning into Quendalar, unless the entire. Uh, unless what the chain is on is also made of iron, which maybe they would know that. Like, maybe maybe that's information that they have. Ha- like, how do they know what pieces of the mechanism are made of iron and not iron? Loyal can build them a new bridge. Do they have, like, a spreadsheet of what parts are made out of what? Light-blinded fool is so right. It's a slightly too permanent solution to a temporary problem. I agree with that. Yeah, like, Quindalar Reno is indestructible. Okay, but, like, why not just teleport into the city then? Like, like if we're going to do dumb shit, 
if the goal is dumb shit, and why not bring more Aes Sedai on your boat to protect you while you do it? Like, why not? Yeah, you literally channel, you light up like a fucking beacon to all the people in the White Tower who are like, yeah, I feel somebody channeling pretty hard out there, unless this takes no effort. But because it's hard for people, it seems like this weave takes effort. Yeah, so, it ha- no, no, she, it has to, because it uses four of the powers, right? Uh-huh. And so, like, it, she is using the power. Like, she would be lit up. Like, it just, everything about this plan is so stupid, like yeah. everything about this plan is so dumb, and now everyone and she gets the... caught for it because of course she fucking does. And then the people in the White Tower who watched her channel now know the weave to turn iron into Quendalar, so they can actually fortify the White Tower better. Yeah. Yeah. I don't. But also, like, does she have to be close for it to work? Maybe she. Why is she in a boat in the middle it? of the water to do it? That I don't know. The distance thing, not sure. Can't you just channel within what you can see? Like, couldn't she be on the fucking, like, shore? Looking at it? Like, you have to touch it. Okay, Okay. if you have to touch it. So you have to touch it. Okay. Okay, she has to touch it. Why not bring people with you to get you out of there? Like, like, I just have too many questions about this moment. Yeah, like, she should have had some, like, inverted... Because Egwene hasn't been kidnapped for half the series now and is nostalgic. (laughs) Yeah, at this point. Like, you take a small group of people with you. You teach a couple of them to invert weaves and put a shield around you that hides you so that people can't tell that you're fucking channeling Uh and can't attack you. Like, that... We could come up with five better plans in 10 seconds. Probably. Uh, James Smith, thank you for that super chat. Why not? Um, hang on, hang on. A quick stop in from what oh, sorry, to say sorry. hi. Uh, from what I hear you guys are talking of, yes, Harbor is screwed. I blocked it without hurting anyone. Uh, anyways, would see the whole thing later. She needed to touch it. Thank you, James, for that super chat. We appreciate it. Appreciate it. Uh, I appreciate all of that clarification. I, okay, if she okay had to touch it, it and and it fuses the metal together, that's all fine. But it still is get, an insane plan that doesn't help her because the South Harbor is together? still open. What would get fused together? The metal gets fused. If it's touching, it fuses together. It happened with the cups, apparently. Yeah, okay, but what's getting fused together? The whole chain, which uh-huh. is held taut, is now a long rod of metal. Unbreakable metal, right? That can't move? No. You would have to tear down the towers on both sides to get it out. I understand. The tiny bits of space that allow the links to move are no longer gone, so it's it's tough. It's just oh. a long metal okay. thing that Sorry. looks like a chain, yep. but it isn't anymore. It's one solid piece that goes into the walls. Okay, I understand. Right? Sorry, I, I like, okay, that makes sense. So, that's the end of the book. But yeah, the, the plan. That's literally, the, like, her getting captured is just, that is just how the book ends, with this insane plan that, like, that we're not told any of, and it just, the book ends with me going, Oh, Egwene's fucking stupid. Oh, that's a shame. I thought Egwene was smart. But it literally, this book ends with, it ends how the entire book goes, where you think that you like these characters, but they're actually fucking stupid. James Smith, thank you for another super chat. Thank you so much, James. I appreciate the super chat. Our sponsor, Blue. Uh, Yeah, some mod appreciation. Thank you, James. We love some mod appreciation. Thanks so much, James. Yeah, we appreciate that. Okay, okay, okay. Mm-hmm. The only way that this could make sense to me, now I don't know how you reveal this. Yes. Halima is working with the White Tower. Yes, she is. Halima. Well, she is, right? Compulses Egwene to go instead. 
because somehow Halima knows about the plan. Now, I don't know who the fuck knows about this plan, and so it's really hard to figure out who might have betrayed them because we don't know who knows about this fucking plan. Well, and plan. that's the worst but, of it, is that because we don't know who is involved in this plan, there's no fun... It could be anybody. There, could be anybody. There's no fun, like, speculating on who betrayed her. Yeah, it's like obvious, uh, like it's probably Halima because Halima's the most obvious choice because she's there murdering people yeah. and casting magic on Egwene with the headaches. So pro it's probably Halima. That's like my only guess. Uh, Andre, thank you for that super chat. Uh, but yeah, no, this is just a shame. Uh, I, I, but between the character assassination of Aguinan and the character assassination of uh, Egwene. Yeah. The, the end of this book is really, really disappointing to me. Yeah. Andre, uh, thank you oh, for thank that you super chat. chat. Uh, that, yep. <laughs> sorry, I was in the middle of a thought. Did you say that already? Yeah, yeah. I'm sorry. Uh, and, and then you started talking before I could read it. My uh, bad, my bad, my bad. <laughs> it's fine. I saw you, like, in the distance. Anyways, I think the book club is a blessing and a curse for you. It is. People take a break around these books. Can be good to start longing for the characters again? That sounds like Stockholm Syndrome. <laughs> Oh my god, I just miss parents, so I'm gonna read this awful book again. No, no, I I, I get it. I, I I get it. I book club is a blessing and a curse for sure in a lot of ways. We do we do love it and we love like hanging out every Friday, but no. yeah. Some of the parts of these books I'm like, why the fuck? Like I just I I, I wish I I wish that I could be on board with Egwene's storyline, but she literally walked across the entire country from Salad Bar, had no fucking plan, and then got kidnapped because she's an idiot. And I'm like, well, I hope, a, a, I, I, guys, yeah. I, I said this to you last night. I hope the Dark One wins. All these people deserve to fucking die. And this world just needs to be burnt down and rebuilt. They need to start over from scratch. They just, just, you know what? Sometimes, sometimes you just need to You take give the up. L. Take the L. Sometimes it's too much. And like, at this point, I'm Team Dark One. Uh, I'm <laughs> announcing it here. There will be Team Dark One merch. Uh, I'm, I, I've, I've gone over to Team Dark One. I, I, I don't care anymore. I don't want them to win. And I, I just am beyond, I'm really beyond being on Team Anyone in this series. Uh, this book broke me. I'm Team me. Min. Team Min. All, all the way. Uh, Slickjack, yeah. thank you for that super chat. One, congrats on finishing this book. Congrats on 40,000 subscribers. Thank you. Thank yes, you. we did pass 40K. Uh, Clarice, thank you for issuing the, uh, Pippi Longstocking <laughs> Uh, those those come back often because uh, I gotta do something with my hair, you know. Uh, Glenn Pearson, thank you as well for that super chat. Super busy at work today, but stopped uh, by at lunch to spend my nerdy budget. And yeah, you have to suspend disbelief here. An iron chain and a heartstone chain are fundamentally different. How? Yeah, and that's, that's well because no, no, that makes sense. So the Quendalar chain can't bend. Yeah, 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 yeah. But the because it's fused. Yeah. I didn't understand that part because I didn't think that it f would fuse. Yeah, I just thought that the iron became Quendalar, but... Um, but, like, is it any metal that's touching all the way? Like, uh, I don't so know. So you could never make a Quendalar chain, then? Yeah, you could. You would just have to make it link by link. No, because you can't open the link, put the other one in, and, like, push it together. You could. You could have Unless them you not be physically them touching. You would have yeah, to yeah, hold yeah, each yeah. link. Uh, Glenn, anyways, thank you guys for those super chats. It would be a tough process, but you could make a Quendalar chain. It would just be really hard. Yeah, yeah. Um, And it would be tough. Well, not for going, because you would go boop, 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 boop. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, imagine if everyone is telling you it gets better. It's just an elaborate joke. It's just four more crossroads of Twilight. <laughs> I will lose my mind. Yeah, I would be upset with every single one of you. There is an epilogue to this awful book. Mm -hmm. Thank God it's short. Davram Bashir shows up and is like, hey, the Sanchen are down for a truce. The end. Yeah. 
Pretty, pretty much. Yeah. Oh, no, no, but it's weirder because um, Surat says the daughter of the Nine Moons wants to meet Rand. Yeah, which we know the daughter of the Nine Moons is with Matt, so I guess she has an imposter. Great cliffhanger, Robert. Or maybe it's actually Grandal disguising herself as the daughter of the Nine Moons, and then we have to talk about the issues with blackface. <laughs> what? If Grandal disguises herself as Tuan. Is Tuan black? What? You don't read any of the descriptions, do you? (laughs) Guys, as soon as Robert Jordan starts describing things, I start skipping. (laughs) Oh my god. I haven't read it. Guys, I have not read a description of a character's clothing. (laughs) Or, like, I'm not going to lie. I have not read a a description of a character's clothing in maybe four books. That's, you know what, that's fair, I guess. He calls her a black porcelain doll. Yeah, no, so I, um, I get to, like, I read until <laughs> I get to the beginning of a paragraph where it looks like Robert Jordan describes things, and then I skip until the, like, double, mm-hmm. um, hash of dialogue. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> I've, wow. I've been doing that for books, Thank and you. no one, the fact that no Thank one noticed you. until now... Um, that was great. That yeah. that was fantastic. Chiwan uh, is on the book cover you can see on the thumbnails. <laughs> Wait, really? I don't know. I haven't looked at the thumbnail, but now we need to go look at it. Wow, I'm proud of you. That You made me chuckle. Oh, God, that's so small. I can't see that. Um, Guys, I'm not going to... I don't read any of the descriptions anymore. I, I've, comple- I've completely given up on them. Wow, that was great. Oh, guys, I skim. So, are you kidding me? Oh, I skim man. so much of this book, and then okay, I read. No, oh, she. I don't see her. I see three men on horses. Yeah, I don't know what you're talking about. Unless it's a different cover. Oh, two. Wait, what? Oh, that's so weird. Someone has like circled like who these people are. What? Huh. Okay. Sure. Yeah. No, I. I. I didn't. Uh, I didn't catch that. I, you know what? It's fine. It doesn't. It doesn't. You guys, so here's what I do. This is how I read these books at this point. Mm-hmm. I skim them, and then I go to Tarvalon Library, and I read the chapter um, description to make sure that there's nothing important that I missed, and then I move on. Yeah, you don't... You, Nerdy actually doesn't read the books. No, I do this read the books. Book I, do, book. I do, I do, I do. He does not read the books. I do, but I I, I skim a lot. I, uh, and I, I, yeah. I didn't used to. But lately, I have been lately, yeah. Yeah, yeah. No, I think that that's, I think that is totally valid. Uh, Oh, I I will never read this book again. Like, I I promise you, unless someone pays me a lot of money, I will never read Crossroads of Twilight again. Like, this was was a miserable experience. I might, it's something I might put on as an audiobook at times to speed while I'm, like, cosplaying. Trying to fall asleep? No, while I'm, like, building a cosplay. Like, have, well, I need to have something else going on at the same time. Look, I know that I often say that torture doesn't work, but I think that if you force someone to listen to the audiobook of Crosses of Twilight, they would tell you anything. Blue says, how much money are we talking about? A lot. <laughs> a lot of money, Blue. Uh, a live rereading of uh, Crossroads of Twilight. Um, yeah. We might read parent- And here's the thing. The parent throwing the axe moment is fantastic. I, yeah, I yeah, agree. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
So, guy, thank you for that super chat. But, like, sometimes, guys, sometimes I can't. Like, sometimes I will get so mad reading. There's a section in this where we're with Egwene, mm-hmm. and she starts describing the cousins and the family things again. And I'm like, Robert, you already described this in this fucking book. What are we doing? Oh, we have, I have a new least favorite sentence. Oh, get ready, guys, buckle up. I have a new least favorite sentence of Robert Jordan's writing. Uh-huh. Um, so this is when, this is in the Egwene chapter. Uh-huh. And she's like, uh, a frown creased her forehead as she read the note, though. First, Falane goes into hiding. She growled at the paper. And now Theodrin brings this to you instead of to me. That fool girl has less brains than a fisher bird. You'd think she wants someone to find out she's keeping an eye on Ramonda for you. That's not the problem. That's fine. The problem is that Egwene's internal monologue following that moment is keeping an eye. The p- a polite way of saying spy. They were both practiced in euphemisms. <laughs> that went with being nice to die. Today, euphemisms graded on Egwene. I'm sorry. Are you fucking trying to tell me that you need to practice euphemisms to understand that keeping an eye and spying are the same thing? How fucking stupid is Egwene? They don't have spy That glasses. she's like, I'm sorry, uh, keeping an eye and spying. Oh, Okay, I'll write that one in my notebook of euphemisms to try and understand the language that we're using. A notebook of euphemisms. Swan, I must practice my euphemisms. Otherwise, I might not understand the simple concept that keeping an eye on someone is spying. How fucking dumb. Yeah. Keeping an eye and spying. I. We must point out that these are the same thing because how could anyone, how could anyone who can read this 700 page book be uh, like unaware of the fact? I was, I read that and I was like, I cannot believe that you thought you needed to explain this. Yeah, I just, I don't understand why. We're so practiced at euphemisms now. Look at how we use the best euphemisms. That Keeping an eye on someone and spying, that's not a euphemism. Those are terms that mean the same thing. It's not like, uh, that's not what a euphemism is. Yeah. And if it is, if it is the lightest form of a euphemism, maybe, maybe. But like... Th- yeah, it was uh, unnecessary. <laughs> she was talking about her whispering eye. Oh, God. Uh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I, I want a Wheel of Time book of euphemisms. Uh, Simon Toulouse says, she said that I said I are using language to not lie and that required them to play with the word. That is not what I, is happening here because keeping an eye on someone and spying are just the same thing. Exact same thing. Like, they, like they're, there's, there's not even any... Like, if I was like, yeah, I'm keeping an eye on that person... The other person would be like, oh, you're spying. That mean, It means the same thing. <laughs> it's not a euphemism. It is just a synonym. Yeah. Whispering eye is a euphemism. Yes. Because you wouldn't expect that to mean vagina. Keeping an eye on someone is not a euphemism. For spying. <laughs> or, or at least if it is a euphemism, you don't need to practice to use it because that is just what it means. Yeah, yeah. It's just terrible. Yeah. It's just it's just terrible. New favorite new favorite line. Egwene Egwene is just so stupid and like deserves to get kidnapped. And I can't believe I'm saying that, but she deserves it. Your plan was dumb. The plan was dumb and chat agrees. To not with us. bring someone like, to protect you. It's just dumb. And yeah. now and now who knows how long this fucking siege goes on for? Yeah. Like how oh my god, I just hate this. I hate this book so much. 
It's gonna be okay. I know. It's gonna it's gonna be okay, you know? Should we do high low? Yeah. Let's uh let me come up with a high. <laughs> Cause I don't wanna use yours. Uh <laughs> 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 Uh, yeah. Mm -hmm. Talking about this book is so hard. So my high of this section is that Tuan's probably getting some nice dresses. Your high is that the slaver's getting better clothes? I don't fucking it's know. It's a weird like, fucking high. I'm not going to lie. Right. That's a weird take to All come right. out of. The only other high from this section, You're I happy think. for the worst character? I was like, uh, Robert Jordan is... He gets to talk about more clothes. Um, oh, no, okay, you're right. okay. My high will be the description of So Harbor, the like atmospheric description, world building of what is happening to these people, what is happening in this town. Um, that that was cool. That was cool. What's your low? Um, I don't even know how to bring it up now. Wait, what? Well, my low is new. Is new. Yeah. Oh, good. My low just happened. My lowest finding out that Tuan is black. Oh no. Because she's I I really I, I'm I'm now very concerned that Robert Jordan wrote the first black person into this book series. She's not the first black person, uh, but the Sanchin there's a lot of Sanchin there. Well, but in. but but if if the Sanchin okay, if Sanchin is supposed to be America. And the black the American South. character yes. is coming over and she's a happy slaver who enjoys being a slaver. And you've made that character black. I think that that is really fucking weird. And I it's am like uncomfortable with it in a way that... It's a weird choice. She might as well be coming over waving the Confederate flag. like Yeah. And like to, to make that character a black character is... Um, it is an odd choice. I don't think she's she's definitely not the first. But there, 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 there are other like black people or even like people of color, uh, more general. Sure, 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 sure. In like Randland, but yeah, making the like head of the slavers, a uh, southern black person, is a is is odd. It's an yeah, odd choice. It, it makes their slavery. It, it, it ties the it ties their 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 version of slavery to the real world in a way that is um, uncomfortable to try and parse through what he's trying to say about it because. Yeah. 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 Mm hmm. Yeah, I didn't know that you didn't realize that. Miracle Tortoise says it'd be very easy to interpret that narrative as this is what happens if we give them power. Yes, that is the problem with it. It's a little too close. And um, it's a little too close. And not that that is what Robert Jordan is saying, but it does become a little uncomfy because it's. Close. I think that when you're an American Southern person, you have to be very careful how you write slavery. I don't think Robert Jordan did that. I think that he was fast and loose with it, and now we have a black slaver character mm -hmm. from what is supposed to be the America of what this world was, and it just yeah. gets it gets into like real world politics in a way that I think that you should generally stay away from if you're doing a fantasy thing like this, unless you want to talk about it. And this yeah. is like this is weird. And that's the thing: if you want to have that conversation, then have that conversation. Have something to say about it, but just having it be because 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 is a it's an interesting choice um 
Storm D says, I think a more charitable interpretation was that he was trying to divorce the issue of slavery from the issue of race because he wanted to comment on one without the baggage of the other. The problem is that when you use a black character to be your slaver character, you are you are more closely tying your story to that real world story. Yeah. Oh yeah, I, I, I'm not. I'm not saying that you're saying anything, Stormy. I, I understand that that is a very charitable interpretation. Do, uh, totally, and um, and look, like Robert Jordan, like that that could that could be like a hundred percent right. Yeah. It's just that it is very easy to look at this book and 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 take that to a place that we don't want to take it. Yeah, I I was I was more choice. comfortable putting Tuan in a not real world race in my head. Yeah, but the fact that Robert Jordan has said that like yeah. that it's like the Sunshin sound like Southerners yes. specifically. Yeah. Uh that 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 makes that even it's those little things that just make it a little bit weirder each time that you every time you try to put it together. That's it's weird now. Yeah, that's really fucking weird. Um I don't like it. Um, there were many real world slavers in the past. Oh, no, brother. Yeah, I understand that. That's not what we're talking about here. Yeah, like, slavery exists. I'm not saying that slavery doesn't exist. I'm saying that when you write slavery into your fantasy novel, you have to be really careful about how you use it. Mm -hmm. And my problem with slavery in Robert Jordan's world is that it has not factored into the plot enough to be necessary. And like none of it, it, it's really just been used kind of gratuitously at times especially since the plot slowed down to the point where it just kind of feels like nothing's happening. Robert Jordan is just describing how, like, bad it is in parts of the world, and he's just describing a lot of sexual uh, indecency. He's just describing rape. He's describing slavery. But he's not doing anything with any of those storylines, and he doesn't have a point on any of them. And so when you don't make your point about slavery very clear, and you just have it be a part of your world, and also it is being per perpetuated by the, the, like, most prominent described as black character in your series mm -hmm. it becomes complicated in terms of what it feels like you're saying about the world yeah it ties back into a conversation we had earlier in the podcast why now what do i have to say about this why mm -hmm. am i writing this why 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 right yeah. uh, uh, and i do not think that robert jordan does a good job of tying that into his series like i in general i think it's weak um is so, 61864 forces, and yet the Sanchen are one of the most egalitarian societies. I don't I don't know what you mean by egalitarian in a society with slavery. Like, are you trying to say that because men and women can be slaves that it's egalitarian? Because that's a pretty that's a that's a that's a point to try and make. Um Yeah. 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 So yeah, no, Let's... that's my low. My low is finding out that uh, Tuan uh, is a black uh, a black person whose greatest joy in life and how she wants to spend her free time is making um, women into slaves. Yeah, yeah. That's fucking uh, weird. Arzosa, I I don't think that I don't think that Robert Jordan intended to make this weird. I think it was an oversight, and I think that he probably should have put a little bit more thought into it. Yeah. I like I I'm not over here saying that Robert Jordan is trying to make a point. My point is that Robert Jordan didn't bother to ask himself why. Yeah. So, uh, you know, or we can go with the charitable version of it that it it, it doesn't matter. All people are capable of it it just it, the, if, especially that they're southern makes it weird. Anyways. Yeah, the fact that they're on. the fact that they're so tied to the idea of America 
it makes yes. it weird. Like if they if, if they, they were, were just not American, yeah. if they were not American, it would be far less weird. But the American um, Southerner, the the Southern American prototype character is also black and is also her greatest joy is slavery. That's fucking weird. It's just it is weird, and also the fact that our and she's not a villain is the problem, right? It's not like people are saying she's bad. Our main character is wooing her and buying her silks yeah. and is like trying to be a good husband to this character. Yeah, like yeah, yeah. that's what's weird about it. It's that he wrote this and then was like, I'm gonna double down by making you spend time with this character in a way where this character that you love, Matt, is being very kind to her and sweet to her and making her flowers and buying her clothes and like that's yeah. weird. It, it's super fucking weird what he did with this, and I mm-hmm. hate it. I, yeah. I hate this. Yeah. No, it's not my it's it's not my favorite. Yeah. Um I I do not think that there was like ill intent on Robert Jordan's part, like I said. No. Did want to clarify that. But uh my high No, my low, my low, sorry. Said my high. My my low uh <laughs> my low is a queen getting captured again. Is that your low? Sorry, did I steal? No. No, that, my low was the two on stuff. Yeah, Egwene, uh I think her plan is stupid. Um I think that the whole thing is kind of dumb. If it's Halima influencing things from the outside, I guess that could be kind of interesting. But I do, I do wish that the audience was let in on a little bit more. Anyways, what's your high? Uh oh, my high is the parent with the axe moment. It's fantastic. It's great. Um, yeah. I really enjoyed it. It's good. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Arzosa says I think the comparison of Sanchin to U.S. is just from reader perspective. Uh, no, uh, Robert Jordan. Has Robert Jordan said... has said that the te- the accent is based on Texas. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. That they're yeah based on Texas. Yes. So, yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's that's not us putting it on to the series. Uh, the drawl, other than it being uh, uh, called a drawl, I didn't think Texas before I heard that that's what Robert Jordan was going for. So, yes, I was like, oh, OK, so if, if he wants to connect it to s- South, then that's on him. I think it's a strange choice. Yeah. Um. Yeah. Yeah. Just think it's odd. Um anyways, yeah, that uh Perrin X throwing That's moment great. was really good. Uh I, I hope that the next book fucking slaps. I'm very, very excited to to put this one to rest. DeRoe says, yes, I definitely bring my prejudice against owning people as property into my reading. Me too, DeRoe. Yeah. I do bring my prejudice against um against that slavery into what I read. Yeah. Yeah. I'm sorry, guys. I am prejudiced against slavery. Uh, so sorry about that. I, I hate to... You know what? I know we're so far into this podcast, and you might not have thought this about me. Um, I don't know how, considering the way I talk about these books, but uh, it, just... just I, 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 It's time for me to come out of the closet. Oh, yeah? I did this about my sexuality years ago, but uh, now I will come out yet again to say um, I do have... So I'm, I'm a prejudiced. I'm a prejudiced person yeah. against slavery uh, yeah. and against Yeah, I'm a bigot uh, against slavers. Uh... <laughs> I'm very intolerant of intolerance, y'all. Yes, yes. Uh, Truly a a tragedy, I know. I know so many of you people here were thinking, wow, I can't believe that Nerdy and Claris would take such a strong stance. Well, (laughs) surprise. Uh, Nicholas Reed, welcome back to the Nerd Table, The Return of Loyal, Bella, well, Anna Green getting captured. Old school wheel of time is back. That's true. We finally got Loyal back. Bella became a character for a brief moment, and then Anna Green getting captured. It's like we are in... Uh, the Great Hunt again. <laughs> Someone named Wheel of Woke Sellouts is uh, here to talk to us, so I'm sure you're going to be pleasant. Um, 
Nerdy Don't Know Black Had Slaves 2. Wow, your grammar is fucking terrible. Uh, first of all. Anyone? Uh, anyone? You who- read any history? My, my point... I, I, I don't know how to fucking tell you guys this any clearer, but in case you are dense, like unbelievably dense, mm-hmm. to the point of needing this described to you over and over and over again, let me make this perfectly clear. Mm-hmm. The Wheel of Time is not a textbook. It is a what? Fa- it is a fantasy novel. What? About a fantastical world that can be whatever the writer wants it to be because there's fucking magic in it. Are it you doesn't sure? have to have real world slavery in it because it's magic land with Trollocs and dragons and Turokin and all the other trappings. Anyone who's dense enough to use the word woke unironically does not understand that this is not a textbook. If you are going to say that the the fantasy book should have slavery in it because the real world has slavery in it, then your your first argument is fucking terrible. (laughs) Michael Kioski, good thing we couldn't afford 14 textbooks. That hurts. That's true. That hurts. That's true. That hurts. You do not need to write slavery into your fantasy world. If you're going to, use it to say something about the real world because that's why we have art. Mike yeah. or Michael Jordan. Robert Jordan. <laughs> Michael Jordan. Michael Jordan, guys. The greatest Famous basketball author. player ever. Oh god. Although whether he's the greatest ever is now debatable. But um Oh spicy. Look, LeBron James is only 173 points away from Kareem Abdul Jabbar's um scoring record. And once he passes that, he will have the scoring record and the titles record. It becomes harder and harder to say that Michael Jordan is the greatest of all time mm-hmm. when LeBron has passed him in so many ways. Mm-hmm. Like when it was just championships, you can say, well, the league is different and like all of those kind of things. But when like with you when you look at like LeBron James longevity as a player, like LeBron LeBron James like three nights ago, threw up 46 points at like 40, not, however old he is, like 45. Like the, it's hard to, it is hard to imagine LeBron James scoring, like ha- averaging 20 points a game at this so point in his career. Super hard to imagine. And he's still averaging like over 30. What LeBron James has done, whether you like him or not, and I understand why you might not like him, what, whether you like him or not, his longevity is one of the most impressive physical feats of human fitness in the history of the world. Super impressive. Anyway. Um, Robert Jordan. Super impressive. Robert Jordan has not. Robert Jordan has used very shocking things, mm-hmm. but hasn't said much about them. He just kind of uses them in his writing, and I, I don't think that that is the mm-hmm. best way to write, uh, especially fantasy that you can do whatever you want, and you chose a black slave character, a black slaver who who's that's the only thing that she enjoys. Who is Texan? Like who has a Texan accent? Like it, I, it's yeah. just it is weird. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, unfortunately, that is what it is. But. Sorry, Colonel Sanders. I know that um, Russell has uh, Ru- Russell has more titles than LeBron, but uh, LeBron has more titles than Jordan, is what I was saying. Yeah. 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 <laughs> Sports ball. Um, I have absolutely no idea. Um, I think that means, uh, Samantha says, I think Jordan was trying to say something about slavery. Whether or not he got to finish saying that is up for debate. I. I, if you if you want to say that Robert Jordan was saying something about slavery, then you have to then you have to look at what he wrote about slavery, which is that it is okay for a character to love it and for our favorite character to fall in love with that person who loves slavery. Mm-hmm. That is really complicated. Yeah, it is. Like he he didn't if he was trying to say something about slavery, what he said about it wasn't great. Yeah. Yeah, I think it's better to, like, give him the benefit of the doubt. I don't think Robert Jordan did a good job of asking why. 
Yes, I think that he. I think that he was so caught up in trying to like create this world that he did not do a good job having a perspective on it. Yeah. Because once I start to once I start to ask what his perspective on it is, mm-hmm. it takes me down a road I don't like. Yeah. I don't like a lot of Robert Jordan's perspectives. Yeah, me neither. And like, especially his perspective on women and yeah. how they interact with one another. And so I, I'm just gonna say that this is not actually how Robert Jordan sees women, because otherwise I'm gonna be very disappointed. Uh, Christian Rapper says none of the main protagonists agree with slavery. It is viewed as awful. When they first interact with it, yes. Yeah. And all of them are softening to it. All of our main characters are becoming more comfortable with the idea. Perrin is about to work with a slaver. Rand is asking for a truce with the slavers. And Matt is now dating a slaver. All three of our main characters who have in the past said that they are against slavery Mm -hmm. have over the course of these books become more open to the idea of it. That is the path, that is the journey we're on. Now I don't know where that ends. Yeah, the problem is we don't know what the what the heck these alliances or truces or whatever it is really mean yet. Yes. A- and so unfortunately we don't have all the information. But from our perspective here, finishing at the end of this book, uh it's it's weird. It's definitely weird and a little suspicious. <laughs> yeah, I, I am concerned that at the end of this book, all mm-hmm. all of our main characters have I Egwene's been kidnapped. Elaine is not. Elaine is like the one exception. But Egwene has been kidnapped again um, because she had a terrible plan that, of course, didn't work. Mm-hmm. Rand is trying to uh, have a truce with the slavers. Perrin is about to work with the slavers to free his wife from the other people who have her enslaved. Uh, and Matt is now courting a slaver. Yeah, And, and I hope that is where this book ends. That's yeah. what this book is about. And, and here's the thing. Next book, I hope that these are, like, issues and things that are addressed that our main characters have to deal with and they 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 stay true to our, being our protagonists and, like, trying to be good people, right? Matt has tried to do the, uh, a good thing by, like, freeing people even though it, like, was a detriment to him. But unfortunately, stopping at this book... Uh, th- we don't have uh, we don't have future perspectives yet. So from from this standpoint, it's a little odd. Um, yeah. 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 Shall we? Uh, uh, Chris, uh, sleeping. I just want to throw this point out there. I wish this series focused more on destabilizing the corrupt Sanchen Empire instead of book after book taking about the rebel and loyalist Aes Sedai drama. I agree with that, hundred percent. I I agree. Yeah, I would mm. I would be more invested in that for sure because the White Tower just sucks, and I I I don't really give a shit about most of them. So. Um, I forgot to, uh, the fact of the matter is as much as they don't like the Sanchen society, everyone has to come together against the shadow, whether they like each other or not. Here's the problem with that. Coming together against the shadow means coming together against the evils of the world because the shadow is not a person. His influence on the world is slavery is an inherently evil thing, yes. inherently evil. Yes. So in order to fight the devil, you actually have to come together against the evils of the world, mm-hmm. not the person the devil therefore every step that you make towards accepting slavery into your side is a is a victory for the shadow inherently yes that they're they're fighting the devil the torture they have to fight his influence on the world and yeah. his influence are the bad things yeah slavery yeah like and the raiding of like masima's people going around burning st- like like those are the evils that the dark one it, it, like uh 
what is the word for that? Um, is, is symbolic of, right? Yes, there is like mm-hmm. an actual like devil, but the, that's not as important as the influences on the world and the evils that are like running amok in Randland, in Sanchen, in, in everywhere, right? And mm-hmm. the, yeah, what's what's the point? What's the point in defeating the devil if you become just as bad along the way? Yes. That and and that and that gets into the problem, right? and that's that's what I am worried that we're moving towards. Right, like I said, I don't think that we're we're there yet. It's we're in the middle of things, right? You know, yes. we're, we we haven't got there yet, but we know our characters are working with these people, and I really am a little nervous. I would like to know what that means. It would be interesting if some of our characters were doing it and others weren't, and we could see how that impacts the story. Yeah. My concern is that all of our characters seem to be moving that way. Mm-hmm. And, like, Lelaine is like, we need to enslave the Ashaman. Like, all of our storylines are revolving around these characters who are becoming more comfortable with the ideas of being evil. Yeah, everybody wants their own fucking slaves. Lelaine wants to enslave the Ashaman. Yes. Right? The Sanchen want to enslave every single person who can channel so that they have ultimate control. This series has really kind of become almost exclusive about slavery in a way kind that like yeah. I'm, I'm just tired of it there's no plot yeah and we're just kind of getting everyone becoming comfortable with slavery and it's like mm-hmm. yeah it's tough it's it's tough it's a tough book it's not a good book it's a bad book it's poorly written it's a mess structurally and on top <laughs> yeah. of that the ideas that it wants to play with it doesn't have a good perspective on and I think, like, is fundamentally wrong on? Yeah, I think that we are going to get more perspective as we go along. But we can only talk about where we are currently in these books, right? I'm very hopeful. I I, I am optimistic that that there is something to be said here. Because this is such a huge part of the conversation. I would be baffled if nobody, like, if there was no point to it, right? Um, But this, this is the information that we have. So this is what we're working on. I from. know, but the problem is that the the slavery thing is from book two, and it's book 11, and, like, when nothing is, is happening, and so it is just... It's becoming worse and worse and worse and worse. It is only us becoming more comfortable with slavery in these books and nothing else lately. Like, even... even and, like, that's... I just am, like, fuck, like... Even the weird, like, water bond compulsion thing... Like, with land. With land. That still has not been addressed. Super fucking weird. Like... Yeah, no, it's totally okay if we do that to these people. Yeah. Like, Morel is a person, like, yeah, I know, tries to save these waters, but, like, that that's kind of fucked up. Like, yeah, there is a yeah. lot of unanswered stuff for us at this point in time. And it's just, it's it's dragging on to the point where I'm like, if you want to get to the point, get to it. But, like, yeah. if you're just going to keep doing this, like, I, I, I would have stopped reading. I would have stopped, honestly, if it weren't for Book Club and it were, if it weren't for the fact that I know the memory light's coming and that there is an end, I'd be like, okay, Robert Jordan was off his rocker a little bit about slavery, wanted to write about it, and he wrote a bad series. I would have stopped and I would have said that. I would have told, if, if it weren't for Book Club and it weren't for the fact that I know that, like, it has an ending and everyone says the ending's great. Mm-hmm. I would have stopped reading in Path of Daggers, and if people asked me if they should read The Wheel of Time, I would have said, no, it's a very weird book about spanking and slavery. It's not worth your time. That that would have been my perspective. And yeah. if someone were to ask me tomorrow if they should read The Wheel of Time, I'd be like, I don't ask me, I'm not done yet. Yeah. Because what I, because right now, uh, my perspective on it is it's not great. It starts off so solid, and then it gets lost really bad. Yeah. Uh, and so I'm hoping the ending gets me back to it. I really do hope the ending gets me back to it. But I am i have not enjoyed this series in multiple books, even though there have been great moments. The End of Winter's Heart, really great. The rest of Winter's Heart isn't, right? And, yeah. like, 
I, but like, I can't, like, until I read the ending for myself, I will not recommend this series to anyone because this middle section is like a million words that I don't think are well handled. Yeah. Yeah. The slog is real. The slog is very real. The slog is real, unfortunately. Um, so we're going to come back next week. We are doing our full book recap, which we probably won't talk much about the individual book. We will just be answering your questions. We're going to treat it more of as a hangout. Ask me anything. Yeah. Ask us anything. Might have some drinks. I don't know what the plan is yet. No spoilers, obviously, but ask us anything in that book club, uh, in the, in the question channel about the wheel of time, fantasy, sci-fi, whatever. And like next week will be a full book recap of Crossroads of Twilight where we probably won't talk about Crossroads of Twilight that much. much. Yeah. Because, um, I just, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it'll be it'll be fun. We'll have just gotten back from Denver, so we might talk about our trip a little bit. Um, and then the following week, we are doing uh, first half of New Spring. Yes. Right. Yes. 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 Yeah. yeah, yeah. First half of New Spring. Um, uh, if uh, you guys could go into the Discord and decide where the middle point of um, New Spring is, New yeah. Spring is, we would appreciate that. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, because uh, that's what that's what we're reading next. The reason for that is because we're traveling for Katsukon in the middle of the month. We didn't want to break up the book in a weird way, so we're doing New Spring first half, New Spring second half. Probably, I don't think we're doing a full book recap for that. They, we likely won't need to. It's not that long, um, but we are we are looking forward to that. It's probably going to be a breath of fresh air. Uh, hold your fire. Thank you for that super chat. Um, I wonder if RJ's declining health is part of the reason for poor writing in this book in particular. I don't know that he was sick at this point. I've heard many different, like, nobody seems to agree on when Robert Jordan was sick. Yeah. So I'm not willing to give him the benefit of the doubt on that one. Yeah, I don't um, know. His editors and his publishers still put this out. He so. has said, he was said, he's, he said he was experimenting and we know that it didn't work. Yes. <laughs> yes. So it's, it's fine. Yeah. Yeah. yeah um. Oh, there's some terrible takes in chat. Yeah, no, I, trust me, I, I know. Um, here's, uh, here's the last thing I want to say. I understand that I haven't read the whole series. I get that. And that there is more information coming about the slavery thing. But the fact that we've had the conversation that we've had for 10 books is, in my opinion, a failure on Robert Jordan's part. No matter how he ends it, Mm -hmm. I still think that, um, I, I think that there are many failures in the writing of The Wheel of Time, particularly around how women and slavery are handled. Yeah. Sure, there could be great moments that that rectify some of that in the final books. That does not change that it is not handled well up until this point. Yeah. And um, if you think otherwise, that's fine. That's your perspective. My perspective is that this is not a perfect series. Mm-hmm. There are some pretty big problems with it, mm-hmm. um, and that, that that's just where I come from. And yeah. uh, this book was th- this book was just. This book was not the first time it was bad. Go back. Like, people have been complaining about the fact the, of how woke we are talking about how yeah. women are treated going people, back books. Literally, people literally hate watch this podcast so that they can be like, oh, yeah, these people are so compassionate and woke. It makes me feel way better about my dog shit selfish values. Like, I'm if, yeah. if you go into the comments of book club, unfortunately, there are people like that. And to which I say, um, thanks for the views and the engagement, because we're going to actually find people that we care about having in the community. I, I think that um, I think that Robert Jordan, I'm not saying he's a bad person, mm-hmm. but I, I do think that he is um, uh, not as accomplished an author in some areas as he is others. Mm-hmm. And the areas he's really good at, there's a reason this is a New York Times bestselling series. The, re- the things he's great at, he is fucking amazing at. The things he's not good at, he's not good at. Mm-hmm. And that's okay. I, I don't think that your art has to be perfect to exist. Yeah. Um, that's why we're still... I'm not, I'm not stopping. We're going to be back next week. But um, 
there there are some missteps in here that are disappointing. Yeah. Um, cons- especially considering like the first few books don't have them at all. Yeah. 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 Anyway, I'm excited that's it. for new spring. <laughs> I'm very excited for new spring. Yeah, anyone who uses the term woke, I just laugh. I can't fucking take seriously anything that comes out of their mouth. Um, but like wheel of woke sellouts. Um, yeah. Sorry, but uh, if you're trying to say that uh, black people also had slaves, therefore we can forgive it. Uh, I'm sorry, you are going to be banned. Can someone ban wheel of woke sellouts, please? Yeah, we do not need you in your chat. Uh, appreciate all your perspectives, guys. Uh, Mega KOX, thank you for joining the book club, the Nargs. Um, yeah, we looking forward to the next you. books with you. You as well. Yeah, we're we're looking forward to it. Thank you. Uh, yeah, uh, that's it. Uh, if you like this video, like and subscribe to the channel. I'm sorry, this was a kind of downer ending, guys. I, I, I th- this book was a downer, and I don't know what to do about it. Uh, like, subscribe to the channel. Uh, we will get to Knife of Dreams. Apparently, the book's great. I'm very excited for it. Um, but we're gonna do New Spring first, just because of some scheduling. Yeah, we wanted we wanted it to be like a more uninterrupted week to week, and the Katsukan middle break, we were like, nah, nah, we'll do New Spring because it works out perfectly. So I know some people are like, no, don't do New Spring yet. Sorry, we're doing it. It's gonna be fun. I promise. I am very excited. Yeah, I'm excited for New Spring. I'm excited to have Moraine back. Apparently, she's in that book. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm excited for a shorter book. That is gonna be nice because the this one was long. Um, I'm also excited for Knife of Dreams. We're going to get to it, guys. We're going to get to all this because at JordanCon, we're going to be done with all of Jordan's books. Yeah. Which is going to be interesting. Uh, And I cannot wait to, um, cannot wait to talk with people in person about The Wheel of Time. That's going to be so exciting. Yeah. Uh, Yeah. Is there anything else? (laughs) I know people are very concerned about us getting um, spoiled at JordanCon. Too bad. We're fucking going. And Jordan, Uh, (laughs) I reached out to some people at JordanCon. I still, I'm still trying to find like a room for us to do something. We might have to like rent a theater or something to do our own thing. Here's but. the thing: we're, not, we're as far as Jordan Con itself goes, we're probably gonna arrive, be like, find a corner to go hang out in, and people can come say hi. We're not gonna go around and walk and deliberately try and like look for spoilers or sit in on like panels. We're gonna we're gonna be very careful. I promise, it's gonna be fine. Come say hi to us; it's gonna be a blast. Yes, and if you walk up to us uh, and spoil us with the intention of spoiling us because you think that it's funny or something, I I had a dream. will. Uh, you you will yeah, don't. Do I I I will punch you because if Nerdy does it, he'll get arrested. But if I do it, you'll just you'll also get arrested. Bleed a little bit. We nah. can't punch. We can't nah. like punch you. But like I I I don't know. We'll we'll come no, up I with a. Oh, uh, hold your Kat fire. Swain will show up and spank you. I guess. I don't hold know. your fire. Uh, welcome back to the nerd table. Thank you so much. We appreciate you. I literally is, had I'm... a dream. I like had a nightmare mm-hmm. that someone came up to us at Jordan Con screaming spoilers. <laughs> Well, and that I beat the shit out of them. I'm worried that it's going to be one of these fucking people in our chat who are like, no, slavery's not a bad thing. And I'm like, fuck, it's going to be one of these people who complains about how woke we are. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Who's going to do it because they're, like, mad that we think that, like, Robert Jordan doesn't write women well. Like, it's going to be some, like, old white man who's angry at us who's going to intentionally do it, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that's my concern. Because I don't think, like, the majority of our book club, nobody's going to be a dick about it. But, like, there are some people that have been banned from the Discord who are dicks. And I'm gonna like they, they kind of worry me. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But. says they'll drive up to Atlanta. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Perry Wolf, thank you for that super chat. Bookworm did a great video on whether or not spoilers are actually bad. Yeah, I think that that's a very like personal take. Some people spoilers don't bother them. Uh, some people it, it it is a big deal for them. So. Um, I think that Bookborn's video is irrelevant. I think that it is not a topic that you can have a point on. Globally. Yeah, it's so It's individual. a personal choice. Yeah. I hate being spoiled. 
Mm-hmm. It affects the way that I view things. Mm-hmm. Um, even so much as like, tr- if I watch a trailer too many times, like we watch our trailers, we do our trailer reaction. I never watch the trailer again. I never pull it up because I will remember all of the scenes and then I will sit in the movie and literally wait for those scenes to show up like a checklist. Bookborn's video is on the idea that there is some like global way that people enjoy it. Look, I think our video is actually terrible um, because oh, I think that I it is based it. on a premise that like people enjoy things the same way, which is inherently so flawed to me. Um, I And granted, I didn't watch the whole video. I clicked out because I was like, this is dumb. Um, pers- and like, look, I, that's not an attack on them. I just don't like the video because the idea you that- don't like that take. I, I, yeah, I, I just, I didn't need to be someone to try and convince me that being spoiled is okay. For my taste, being spoiled sucks. Yeah. I hate it. Mm-hmm. I will complain about trailers that show too much. And the idea that like, there is a universal way of enjoying things where like, People who complain about spoilers are just are just like making it up and that nobody really cares. I, I, I can't agree with. I'm a person who doesn't want to be spoiled. If someone else is okay with being spoiled, good for them. Yeah, good sure. for them. That's like I, fine for them. It is a unique enjoying art is a unique experience. We're all going to do it differently. And so anybody who says like my argument is that the people who don't, who hate being spoiled are wrong. You're fucking. It's a unique experience. You cannot make a video about whether or not someone else will enjoy something the way that you do. That that's not how this works. Yeah. If it was, everyone in our chat would agree with us, but they don't, and that's fine. I'm not saying you have to agree with us. I'm saying you have to be kind and like. There, there's a line. Yeah. Yeah. You don't have to agree with everything that we say. Uh-huh. But like. I'm not going to, I don't think everyone else read the books the way that I did. I'm sure there are people who love Crossroads of Twilight and that's great. I just think it's terrible. Yeah. Uh, that's not me saying that everyone has to think it's terrible. Yeah. Right? Yeah. The, the, these are our opinions and these are the reasons behind them. But like, that doesn't mean it has to be your, like, if we were all the fucking same, life would be so boring. And yeah, I think that the the like arguing an idea based on the premise that everybody enjoys art the same way is just inherently flawed. Um, so. Her argument wasn't that general. She pretty much said the same thing as you in the end. I, I didn't get to the end. Then I, I just okay. kind of like turned it on and I, I, I kind of clicked out of it. I, I didn't like the video, but that I that I that's the only thing I've ever seen of theirs. So I don't know them. I, I'm this is not me like coming for them or like trying to start drama. I I, I clicked out of the video. That's all. Yeah. No. That's yeah. yeah. Yeah, so controversial. Be kind to others and have your own opinions. Like, uh, Baka Karn says, on the issue of spoilers, please moderate your AOT comment section. That community loves spoiling newbies. I don't read the comments. We don't go in the comments, so don't worry about it. I I feel bad because like there's nothing I can do for other Attack on Titan newbies. If someone is watching Attack on Titan for the first time and then clicking into our reaction, I'm sorry. There's no way. we it, we can't. We literally can't keep up with it. And I, I don't have enough money to pay people to moderate our comment section. Um, and so I, I th- it's just not realistic. So if you are an Attack on Titan newbie, do what we do. Do not read the comments in the Attack on Titan videos. Because I, I, I like, I, I we, we don't have, we do not have the funds to pay someone full time. To go through which is our what comments. It, is. it would be, that would be a full time like, job. Guys, I, we get probably 3,000 comments a day on our YouTube videos. Like, I just, I don't, we don't have the money to pay someone to moderate it. So if you don't want to get spoiled in the comments, do what I do and don't go in. Yeah. Yeah. It's, yeah. There's like, only the so Expanse much can can't, I, I haven't read an Expanse comment in a while. I, I've responded to a couple that popped up that from, like, um like, if you super thanks and stuff, or if you're, like, a trusted person. Yeah. Then I, uh, if I know you, I might respond. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. If you're in the Discord, there's a better chance that I will respond. If you're in the Discord a lot and I see your name in the Discord, there's a better chance I'll respond to your YouTube comments. Yes, fair. But general people, um, I don't. I just don't read them because I I literally, like, 
Yeah. We just don't have a way to do it. Like there, there yeah. isn't a way to moderate it, right? It's so many people from all over the world that I literally like, yeah. 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 No, I, I, there's only so much we can do. We do so many things and uh, our mods are, are like, they already put in so much work for us that there's no way we could have someone moderate the comments. Yeah. I would yeah. never ask our mods to do that. I don't, I, I, I do everything I can to make our mods job as easy as possible because we can't afford to pay people yet. Um, yeah. I, if we get to a point where we can, we will. You know what I mean? And I'm I'm endlessly grateful to our mods. Yeah. You do more than should ever be asked of you. Um, yes. And I'm I really I, I am grateful. I wish that I could pay you all full time salaries. Um, but um, you know, it, it's yeah. just it's it's a lot, and the the YouTube comments are impossible. Like it it genuinely is impossible to keep up with. Yes, but <clears throat> send some love to the mods, y'all, because they do a lot, and they've had to deal with a lot this past week. Uh, so. I, heard, I heard you pay them with cocaine. No, I do. We we do buy our mods meals whenever we see them. So like, our mods have never paid for a meal that we've gone out with them to them with, um, and yeah, that's yeah. the best we can do yet. But yeah, and I'm working on getting monkey a cake. Mm -hmm. So I'm 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 figuring that out. Um, Dakun is not here, but uh, they're in the UK, so we'll 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 buy them dinner. Yeah, when we're over there. High five for our podcast getting selected for Star Wars celebration. Oh, I forgot I that to leave out on a high. That's what I mean. I was like, let's let's go on a high, guys. Uh, if you like this video, make sure you smash the like button and make love to it, like we're about to do in the Smut Corner, because that's what it is. Uh, you can also follow us around the internet. Uh, I'm at Nerdy Nightly, and I'm at Glarus Pilar. Sorry, I was reading this comment. Uh, the Endgame costumes are going to be spoilers, guys. I don't understand. I still don't get how costumes can be spoilers. We're gonna go see unless in the costumes corner. say like this character dies on this date on this page. Like I don't get how like they're all just going to be fucking dresses and cotton sores, right? That's the thing. We're not going to recognize the dresses because there's a billion of them. So uh, I don't read the descriptions anymore. That's I true, did not. True. I did not. Um, I somehow missed the two on his black. You did miss that. Uh, Blue, yes, Star Wars. We will be doing a book club on the book Battle Scars by Sam Maggs. Yes. Which is an in-between story between Jedi Fallen Order and Jedi Survivor, which is coming out shortly. So that is going to be a hell of a good time. We're very, very excited for that. Um, shall we smut? James Smith, thank you for that super chat. <laughs> Guys, I'm cake getting fund. I'm getting Monkey a really nice cake. It's yes. just these people are very bad at responding to me. Yeah. <laughs> um, all right. Where would you add a sex scene in this section? Literally anywhere to spice it up. At this point. No, because like none of these characters should have sex with each other. It's Nobody is with their partner. Like the only one is Randon Min, and they're already having sex. They're already having like, sex. Like they, Randon Min are having sex every opportunity. Nynaeve and Lan are having sex every opportunity. That's like, true. There, there are no characters who are with one another who should be having sex. I don't want a Gwen to cheat on Gawain. The only person she like Gawain can Gawain and Gwen can have dream sex. I guess the problem is like Gawain is so close. And yet, so far... I know. Like, Matt and Tuan? No, I don't want Matt and Tuan to have sex. No, I That is the last person I want to have sex. I don't really like Tuan. Aguinan uh, 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 and Bale Doman having, like, really slow, soft lovemaking after she's been healed. And he's, like, the, the, like, tension of her, like, healing breaks. And the you know when you're, like, your partner gets hurt and they come out of the hospital? And there's that, like, first time after they've recovered where you can have sex again for the first time? But yeah, it's yeah. been a minute because they've been injured. That's the only sex scene I care about is um, yes. is Bale Doman and Aguinan's, like, very soft lovemaking for the first time after a while because she's finally fully healed. Yeah. And you know that Val and Luca and his wife, fuck. Like, the way that she is described. Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. 
You know they get fucking raunchy. But they're already doing it. Like, here's the problem with... Smut Corner was funny because I thought this series was more prudish than it is. But we're at a point now where it's hard to add sex to, like, everybody's (laughs) fucking constantly. Yeah. Whether they want to or not. Like, like there's so much... uh, We started Smut Corner because we thought this was going to be a rather sexless franchise. Yeah. And now, like, Rand is having, like, fucking, like, dream orgies... Where, like, his orgasms are being, like, transmuted across the country into other people's bodies. Mm-hmm. Like, this this series is so horny that it's like, yeah, the characters who are having sex have se- more sex. The, the, the fucking married people fuck each other. Like, I don't know. Smut Corner is not fun when everyone's fucking all the time. Smut Corner is fun in, like, The Lord of the Rings because you're like, yeah, Gimli and Legolas fucking bone down in a cave. But here, everyone's <laughs> married. That's true. Although, I, yeah, I think that Aludra is a better match for Matt. Oh, Aludra's not giving it up. Aludra knows Matt's not high enough quality. You know what I mean? <laughs> she knows better. Aludra, wow. Aludra, Aludra's Spicy got that. Aludra's got that grippy, and she does not just give it to any man. I don't like that. It's because you don't spend enough time on TikTok. Um, celibacy corner. <laughs> Instead, we will tell characters not to have sex at the end of our podcast. You should not procreate. You're a terrible example of humanity. How did this go? How did we go three hours again? And why are people still here? I'm just complaining. I know, I know exactly why we went three hours again. It's because people are like, because you are venting out people's frustrations with this book. Yeah, and then like people argue with me and I'm happy to fight. Yeah. We have to watch Vox Machina though. We do. We have to go watch Vox Machina. Because yeah, I need um, to start editing that. Right. So let's... Uh, yeah, but honestly, Matt likes some older. So I, if if Matt's happy and she's happy and consenting, I what? Who are we to tell him? Look, once you're once you're past like twenty two, fuck who you want. Yeah, you know what I mean. Mm-hmm. Like, once you're an adult, I don't really care. If you're like eighteen, though, it's weird for an eighteen year old and like a thirty five year old to fuck. That's weird, yeah, right? Yeah, 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 but yeah, like, yeah. if you're like twenty three and you're having sex with a forty five year old woman, I don't care. I you are old enough to make your own decisions, so I guess go off. <laughs> Y'all, we're going to end the podcast. Um, I hope I, I hope that... Um, we made it through! Yeah, I cannot wait to add all of the lesbian sex in our Smut Corners for New Spring. Ah, yes. We're going to be talking about Moraine and Swan 69ing for like the next three weeks. So come back for that. I only think that that's what the book is about because it's what you've said it's about. I actually don't know if that's correct. I'm pretty sure it is about Moraine and Swan when they're in the White Tower. Okay, well... And then. when they're accepted. Well... Find out next I don't, week. I don't actually know why I think that. I don't know. I I'm realizing that I think that... Wait, no. What? That's not the plot of New Spring. That's the plot of that... Um, that f- the fan fiction I read on stream. The smut one? Yeah. I think that I am... I think that I invented what New Spring's plot was based on the, the smut fan fiction that I read on stream that one time. <laughs> Thank you for that super chat. Thank you. We'll definitely use that towards a drink uh, over in uh, London. And we'll see you guys next week for New Spring. It's hard to end the show because I like hanging out with you all. That's why these always go long at the end is because I just want to keep chatting with Sorry, th- the chat. I keep misspeaking. Next week is not New Spring. Next week is the full book recap yeah. where we actually, we're going to just hang out with you guys. It's going to be a fun time. So grab a drink. Buckle up. And uh, James Smith, welcome back to the nerd table. Guys, did you know that two on is black? Bye. Wow. I learned it in this episode. I know. I know.